Oh, what fun it is to ride in a one-horse open sleigh. Hey! Jingle bells, Batman smelt, Robin laid an egg. The Batmobile lost the wheel, and the Joker got away. Welcome again to the Bat-Ass Podcast, the Batman the Animated Series show podcast where we talk about Batman the Animated Series. This is kind of our Christmas special, I guess. Yeah. Uh, my name's Clay McCormick, and with me is... Sean Murphy, and it's so good to be face-to-face with you this time. We're not using Skype. We're actually... We've got two microphones in your studio, and uh, yeah, drinking beer. It's surprisingly the easiest audio setup we've ever done. Yeah. Because it's usually about 45 minutes of nonsense before it actually works. But, hey, fingers crossed it's working pretty good right now. <laughs> uh, yeah, so we um, we finished up the first season of Batman the Animated Series. And uh, everybody, well, those who listened to it seemed to enjoy it. So we decided to come back and do Mask of the Phantasm as sort of like a year-end thing. And we're also going to answer some questions. We got some really great questions from listeners on Twitter and other places, so we're going to do that at the end of the episode. Nice. Um, So, yeah, you want to just jump right in? Yeah, man. I just saw this recently with um, my wife for the 25th anniversary. Oh, you saw it um, in the theater? Yeah. Excellent. For the yeah. second time. Ooh. I was there in that the two weeks that it came out in 1993. Yeah, I actually think that I saw, I missed this yeah. in the theater when I was a kid, I think. Um, but yeah, I saw this on video and this was, you know, I it, it's a it has a very, I have a very clear memory of it, mm-hmm. but I think I only saw it the one time yeah. when I was a kid. Yeah, yeah. Um, or maybe that's because I maybe I rented it once and watched it fourteen times before I returned it, but I never owned this movie. Did you rewind it before you returned it? Uh, at the time, probably not, because I was probably like. <laughs> but it was a VHS. Seven. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely <laughs> yeah. VHS. Um, luckily, I got this. Um, this came. I recently got the Blu-ray set of the entire Batman series. That's right. Yeah, I forgot. And this came with Mask of the Phantasm and Sub Zero on yeah. Blu-ray, which I've never seen Sub Zero, so I'm looking forward to doing that eventually. I I, I like them both a lot. I know them both pretty well. Oh, good. Um, it's funny, on my website, what I did is I bought a bunch of old Phantasm VHSs, mm-hmm. and it, the design is really great. There's basically a negative shape of Batman's face, or head and cowl, and what I've been doing is sketching his face in the negative space nice. and signing them and selling these things for like 50 bucks online. Um, 
and I also did it with the DVDs, and the VHS sell way better than DVDs. Yeah, yeah, I, just, I can see that. that I mean, if you're going to run a scam like that, you probably totally want to do the cheaper option. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny because Jeff didn't understand it. He's like, because well, he wanted to buy the DVD that had them both included, which meant that the images was split on the front. And I'm like, oh, no, yeah, I no. need the single image. You don't yeah. understand. And he's like, well, who's going to buy a VHS tape? I'm like, dude, would you just trust me? <laughs> and I ended up being right, Jeff. <laughs> this episode brought to you by Sean's <laughs> website. Um yeah, no, I, I always remembered liking this. I know a lot of people point to this as being their favorite Batman movie, live action or otherwise. Right. Um, right. <clears throat> I don't know if I'd go that far. But yeah, I have thoughts on that, but we can get to that yeah. later. Uh, do you want to read the synopsis yeah, or whatever? Yeah, sure. The, uh, usually I read the Wikipedia synopsis of the episodes, which are usually like two sentences long, but obviously this is a movie, so it's going to be like a paragraph, so bear with me. Yeah. <clears throat> Uh, Batman, the costume crime fighter who prowls the night skies in Gotham. I probably could have edited this down a little bit. Uh, soon finds there's another vigilante in town knocking off prominent mob figures. Despite the scythe-like blade for a hand, a mechanical voice, and the cloud of smoke that follows the figure wherever it goes, the police and outraged officials mistake the homicidal crusader for Batman himself and demand that the city's longtime hero be brought to justice. Meanwhile, Andrea Beaumont returns to town. She is the lost love of Bruce Wayne, the billionaire playboy who is Batman's alter ego and was an integral part of Wayne's decision 10 years earlier to don the cape and cowl. Now she is back in his life and is no less a disruption than the return of his old archenemy, the Joker, who has a stake in seeing the annihilation of this new vigilante, whoever it proves to be. This is not a very good synopsis, no, but it is what it is, so here <laughs> we are. And it was uh, directed by Eric... Radomski and Bruce Tim, and the story by Alan Burnett, screenplay by Alan Burnett, Paul Dini, Martin Pasco, and Michael Reeves. And I think that's sort of indicative of the movie as a whole, creatively, where it seems to be they brought everybody in on this one. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the history is really interesting. Um, I'm not sure how much of it you're aware of, um, but... Not not really that much, actually, so... So, this was supposed to be straight to video, mm-hmm. and... They Warner Brothers started to get uh, some of the images coming in, and they're like, "This looks really good. The TV show is a hit." They, uh, you know, they had commissioned originally like sixty-six episodes or something for the original three. What ended up being the series one, two, and three. Yep. Season one, two, two and three. Sorry. And uh, the suits decided, "Let's make this a feature-length film, and we're going to give you a lot more money." And they gave them a little bit more money, but they also rushed them like crazy mm-hmm. to get it out at Christmas, and then they didn't do. Any advertising. So the movie... Came- I always find it funny where they do that, where they just like jam it out, like yeah. you have to have it out by this point, but then right. they're like, it's great that you did that, but right. too bad we're not going to advertise yeah. it. Hey guys, we love your product. This is great. Batman's a big hit. We all love it. My kids are crazy about it. Here's a, a little bit more money. I want you to make the movie twice as awesome, mm-hmm. and you have half the amount of time to do it. Go. Oh, yep. and we're not going to advertise at all. And then, dot, 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 it came out, it came and went, it flopped, and they blamed... The content. They didn't blame the fact that they didn't give it a proper rollout. And it's a Christmas. It was December 25th, 1993. So the Christmas Day, I never yeah. understood opening a movie on Christmas Day because you think that people have things to do. Yeah. But they do it all the time, and they yeah. tend to be, do pretty well. I didn't even think you would sell TVs at half price on New uh, Thanksgiving evening at 12 p.m. But mm-hmm. people were waiting outside, freezing their balls off to buy that shit. Yeah, that turned it well. I, <laughs> I think you do something... <laughs> In a row, yeah. long enough, it becomes a uh, yeah. uh, tradition, no matter how ridiculous oh, it yeah. is. Oh, yeah. Like Jesus. <clears throat> yeah. 
<laughs> well, it is a Christmas <laughs> podcast, so we may as well may as well just dive into it. Go in peace, my son. Uh, well, it's funny. You actually texted me the other day. What you were in the middle of? You're in the middle of writing White Knight Two, mm-hmm. and you texted me. Uh, I never thought I would spend so much time <laughs> thinking about a fictional character, and I wanted to write something snarky back about you know. Catholic school or something, but I, you know, I almost wrote, I almost had a Jesus <laughs> joke too. I'm like, man, I spent all my day worrying about somebody that doesn't even fucking exist. Mm-hmm. I'm mm-hmm. like a super religious person. <laughs> I wasn't sure if the joke would land on text, so yeah, yeah. Well, I nice mean, at least yeah, joke. it's nice to know that it was in the air anyway. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, it's it's a it's a shame that this didn't do well and they blamed it on the content because yeah, I think. Uh, as far as a feature-length Batman cartoon goes, it's pretty great. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm going to just uh, jump to my end. Yeah, Anyways, I'll, I'll say this is like a solid B plus, A minus of Batman yeah. book. You know, um, I think it had a, a few issues that could, probably could have been easily fixed. But, I mean, for me, this gets a lot of points for being so ambitious mm-hmm. because they lost – they got rid of the um, – um, uh, the, you know, you have to like filter cartoons if it's going to be on TV. So they got to like, for example, um, Joker actually punched Andrea Beaumont. Oh, you yeah, never see yeah. a girl get hit in the cartoon. So mm-hmm. they got to go a little crazier. I don't think they swore in this, but you heard like a few, like for the love of God or Jesus mm-hmm. Christ, I'm trying yeah. to stop laughing. It was definitely more violent and more adult. Uh, even even took my wife by surprise. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, um, the one th- the big thing that stood out to me on that front is. Uh, you know, on on the previous show, <clears throat> on the previous episodes, we've talked about how the Joker in the in the cartoon feels kind of neutered. Yeah. In this movie, this is definitely the the scariest, most intense version of the Joker they've right. shown. Yeah. And he's not he's not like overly violent, mm-hmm. but it's just what he's doing is shocking enough. I think because it's in the context of this show. Yeah. That it really jacks him up a little bit. Right. Yeah. Um, and even they give him this backstory. I you know for a movie that's about it's about a story happening now, but they take the opportunity to tell not mm-hmm. quite an origin story about Batman, but a little beats. Yeah. They do the same with the Joker without giving away his origin, which right. I like because Yeah. I you know, they, you probably yeah. won't like to hear this, but I don't really care much for Joker origin stories. <laughs> I don't really care much for the Joker. Okay. <laughs> I'll do you one better. Um <laughs> Yeah, I don't know why I used him in White Knight. I just, I hated, I always hated the Joker. I felt like, well, I think I should do him my way. Maybe <clears> I can <throat> tolerate it. But, you know, it's funny. If you, let's forget that this was a movie. Let's yeah. say you were writing and drawing a Batman story. Mm-hmm. If you pitched this to me, I would say, you know, I like where you're going with this. I like that you're doing an origin story on Bruce. But you have this phantasm character that no one's ever heard of. Mm-hmm. Andrea Beaumont, which is interesting, but no one's ever heard of her either. Um and you don't have the Joker in it until basically the end. Yeah. It's it's such a... I mean, for a feature-length cartoon, it's so ambitious. I'm shocked that they didn't go with a more recognizable poster or more recognizable yeah. character to go with, you know? Yeah, it's... Um, it's kind of funny that they, that they pick this random new creation because yeah. uh, <clears throat> that was always my biggest pet peeve with comic stuff before like the modern era of comic book movies yeah anytime they did a live action comic tv show or or sometimes even the movies looking at you superman um instead of going picking one of the many you know well-known villains that they could exploit it was always some bullshit like kind of close to a character you know but not really yeah and in this one they do that like the phantasma is 
kind of similar to a character called the Reaper who showed up in um, Batman Year Year Two, which I've never read. But um, that was the first appearance, was it? Uh, I think it was. Okay. I'm yeah, I think so. Um, I have never read that, but I, I read the synopsis earlier today, and it very much feels like a Batman story of the time because it feels like an image Batman story where it's oh, like okay. the Reaper's killing everybody, and Batman uses a gun. <laughs> <clears throat> you know, um, how many times are we going to be shocked that Batman's packing heat? Yeah, you know, <laughs> I mean, the new stuff that I saw Jock draw—they're mm-hmm. really amazing covers um, with Batman's rifles and shapes sticking out of his back. It's awesome, but yeah. like, it's yeah. just not shocking anymore when Batman loses his shit and starts packing <laughs> heat. <laughs> I'm surprised it hasn't happened long ago. Um, but yeah, the Phantasm is—it's it, its surprising that they went. I mean, I wonder—I wonder if the thought process was. We've basically covered everything in the show. Except for the full-on origin. Of yeah, course. and I like that they pick a new character to do that stuff with because yeah. I don't really like it when they try to tie everything together. You know, like, yeah. as much as I love the Tim Burton Batman, I, I, it, I guess it makes sense for the movie, the story they're telling, to make Jack Napier the guy who kills Bruce's parents. Yeah. But that's always been the point of that movie. I was like, eh, I could do without that. You know, you know I, I never knew that that was against uh, canon. No, it's because you don't read the comics. No. <laughs> I was drawing um, Batman Scarecrow year one back in 2005, mm-hmm. and I had a flashback to when Bruce's parents were killed, and I drew it as uh, two shooters, um, you know, m- mimicking the 89, oh, basically. Right, right. And they're like, no, 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 Batman's parents were killed by one guy. I'm like, but the Tim Burton movie. And they're like, yeah, that's not canon. I have no idea. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I... Uh... I, I know I know that's a, a big point of contention for a lot of people with that movie. Well, I also didn't know that it wasn't the Joker. I oh, just right, assumed right. it was. Yeah. Even when I started watching this cartoon as a kid, I assumed the Joker had killed his parents. And at some point, I sort of forgot about that. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> I mean, I understand why they do that in these yeah. things, because it's such an easy storytelling thing to tie everything together. Yeah. I mean, they did, they've done it in Batman. They've done it in Spider-Man. Yeah. They've done it in lots of different things. Right, right. And it's... <clears throat> You know, I just think it's a shortcut. I think it works, yeah. but it's definitely a shortcut. And I think when they did 89 Batman, they just assumed this was going to be the only one. So, yeah. you know, I don't think they were thinking franchises as much as we do now anyway. You yeah. Know? And it was all a big payoff for in Batman Forever when Robin says, your parents weren't killed by a psychopath. And he's like, yes, they were. And you're like, oh, shit, the Joker. Remember <laughs> the Joker killed his parents. <laughs> um <laughs> But yeah, I, Phantasm, I think it's a great design. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think, you know, you were talking about Andrea Beaumont being this character that comes out of nowhere and is like, has a lot of weight mm-hmm. to Bruce's history. And weirdly, the thing that I think makes that work is that early in the movie, when he's hanging out at that party, mm-hmm. um, he's interacting with these women and they're all kind of like fawning over him. And, Brucey. Yeah. And the one guy's like, you know, Bruce... Seems like you're just, you know, you're having relationships with these girls that you, because you know they're never going to want to settle down or something yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah, where yeah. it's like they they clearly define the fact that he right. is not interested in women. Yeah. Or not interested in getting married. Right. So when you find out there's this other girl that he proposed to, mm-hmm. she instantly has some weight behind her, even though yeah. you've never seen her before. Right, right. You know? Yeah. There was a, so in that scene, <clears throat> there's one girl that walks up to Bruce who's all mad. She's like, I know, late, like, you go. He wines and dines you. And next thing, you, pretty soon, you're making out the address of where to send the china. Mm-hmm. And what does he do? He forgets your phone number. She throws a drink in his face. Yeah. She was a. She looked a lot like Andrea Beaumont. Yeah. I, I thought so almost too, too much. Yeah. It, I it, agree. Colleen 
she kind of threw her off like wait was that the girl at the party who was yeah. mad at him and the way that she comes into that scene too it's very much like she kind of like walks out of the shadows a little bit yeah and she's got the same red hair yeah and very similar kind of that bruce tim yeah. stock woman look yeah uh so yeah that's an easy thing to make yeah easy to, uh uh easy mistake mistake yeah. yeah excuse me yeah um i so you know i feel like let's get to the do you want to start going through the scene by scene type or do you want to just talk about like why it's people's top five movie or top one or you know well how how they rate it well i first i wanted to talk about um how you can like right off the bat you can you can see that this is a big money production right because you've got this CGI cityscape of Gotham that's really nice. I love that. <clears throat> yeah. That was really good. And I'm not big on CGI in, in these sorts of instances. Yeah, and that sort of CGI animation ended up becoming the norm later on, but they didn't do anything like this in the show ever. Right. This The show is just like the hand-drawn big, backgrounds yeah. and stuff, and this was a nice yeah. sweeping shot through the city. But it looked like it matched the airbrushing they did. Like somehow yeah. it didn't feel like it was separate. Mm-hmm. And the big score by Shirley Walker, I mean, it was just boom. And you know, when we arrived the, at the theater recently. And the choral, the choral production yeah. of the... That's awesome. I'm like, are they singing in Italian? What are they singing? Yeah. It doesn't even matter. <laughs> when we got there, we were worried that... I was worried that uh, we got there late because I didn't want to miss... Because that opening sequence is huge. Yeah. Like, not that my wife gives a shit. She's, half, <laughs> she's looking at her phone half the time. I'll anyway. give her some credit. <laughs> um. You know, I thought the animation was really great, but there were a few scenes that the they had some stuff miscolored, and the animation sort of it was a little choppy at times. Yeah. Um, but you know, I just the movie does so many things so well. The fact that there's a feature-length animated Batman, it's like the gift that we don't deserve, honestly. Um, the fact that they went with a new character called Phantasm is such a ballsy move. Yeah. Even if I don't love that decision, I still have to applaud it just because it it took chances. You know, like I'd love to see this kind of thinking done again i'd love yeah. it if they had even if they treated new dc releases half as seriously as they treated this i'd be happy you know yeah yeah you know it's funny now that we're talking about it, i'm getting a little bit more of memory of, of <clears throat> when this came out when i was a kid and i've talked previously on the show how the episodes with characters i didn't recognize i used to tend to kind of write yeah, off yeah, yeah. and i think i actually did that with this movie initially I right. think because I saw the poster and I saw this character and I was like, I don't know who the hell that is. Right. And I think I I avoided it for a while. And then right. I finally did watch it and I was like, oh, this is actually pretty great. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> I mean, I didn't realize that the the TV show didn't really do a lot with Bruce before he became Batman. Yeah. They had a few episodes like when he was training with Zatanna. They had him as like a little kid in the Grey Ghost episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, a few things here and there. But they it's almost like they purposefully didn't address it for whatever reason. And I could see that, I could almost imagine that when they sat down to write this, they said, okay, we've been holding off on doing Bruce's origin. Let's do it. Like, let's have him, like, the first night as Batman, but he's just wearing a, you know, like a, you know, a sweater and a mask, and he's got a hammer, and he's just sort of like, he's making a lot of mistakes, and he's learning. Like, let's do that. And then the writer number two is like, let's give him a love interest. Like, I could almost see the meeting where this kind of came together, and someone's yeah. like, we got to have the Joker in there. We never did the Joker origin story either, you know? Well, it's nice because... Um you know, as I, I kind of touched on earlier, they, they do that stuff without just committing to, like, we're going to do a 45-minute flashback that yeah. goes beat by beat through Batman's origin. Right. They frame it in the context of Andrea Beaumont. Yeah. And I think it works really well because they skip a lot of stuff that you don't need to have replayed. Like, his parents are dead. We know yeah. why We know why he becomes Batman. You don't need to see that again. Yeah. I yeah. mean, the fact that... <laughs> I, 
I really like the scene at the party when he goes into that room with the giant picture of his parents. <laughs> just a picture of his parents. And he just like he's looking at his dead parents <laughs> and reminiscing about his ex girlfriend because yes, yeah. I usually do. Um, yeah. <laughs> Was she a redhead? Uh, no. <laughs> uh, but you know, it's they they skip over the 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 beats that everybody knows and mm-hmm. gets into the and they I love that they they do little tiny touches mm-hmm. but they don't do the big wink to the camera like they yeah. do a lot nowadays like when they go to the world's fair and they mm-hmm. see that awesome car and right. bruce is like oh this car's so cool <laughs> and it looks like it's it's the batmobile but yeah. it's not it's like a proto batmobile yeah so they do that but they don't have him go like does this come in black and shaped like a bat by any chance yeah. and they're like why do you ask um i like that stuff yeah yeah i loved um there's one moment where bruce is He's not Batman yet, but he's fighting crime. He's on top of a truck on a highway. Yep. And you see Bullock and Montoya as rookies almost. Yep. And they're in an older, even older fashion style police car. And even the siren is an old fashioned like, mm-hmm. you know, the kind of sound mm-hmm. starts up slowly. I, little details like that I'm just such a geek for. Yeah, the one thing I'm kind of surprised it's not in there unless I missed it is there's no young Gordon. You've got young Alfred, you've got young Bullock, you've got young Montoya, yeah. but Gordon's not in there. Yeah. Um, huh. I don't know if the implication is he's not in yeah. Gotham City. I don't, I don't, you don't need to read too much into that. It's right. not a big deal. Yeah. Um, it's just surprising that they don't, they don't go there. Right. Um, he's not, he's only in the movie for a couple scenes, right? He's only got that one scene with the councilman where he's yeah. like, I'm not going to take down Batman. Yeah, yeah, he basically like sort of resigns or steps aside because he just doesn't believe Batman's guilty. Yeah, we don't we don't have, we don't know what to do with him in the story, so we're just gonna have him step aside. You know, I can honestly appreciate that because mm-hmm. I've got so many plates spinning in in White Knight now. I'm just trying to find reasons to kill characters. Oh yeah, it's like how do writers do this with dozens of characters and you give them all their moment and you're not allowed to kill any of them? Like that's yeah, I don't know how you're supposed yeah. to make this work. Not to go completely off a tangent right away, but um, I I a, a few years ago I was reading uh. Uh, Chris Claremont's X-Men mm-hmm. from like the Dark Phoenix era. I think I saw it on your shelf. Yeah. yeah. And the thing that's so amazing, I mean, the, the writing style is, is is dated at this point, but the amazing thing that he managed to do is he had this team book filled with so many different characters with right. so many different storylines. Right. And he found ways to touch on all of their stories mm-hmm. and not make it feel forced and also set things up that were happening like months later mm-hmm. in just like wow. one dialogue balloon. So, like, if you go back and you read the Dark Phoenix stuff, there'll be, like, one thought balloon from Jean Grey where she's like, oh, I feel kind of hot. Or not, not exp- ex- <laughs> but, you know, just for an example. Wink, um, wink. Yeah, like, my, my brain feels like it's on fire. Um, Does it come in fire? Yeah, it's my brain feels like the shape of a fiery bird. But, you know, it would be, oh, it would be like, that little thing, if you're reading it all in a row, you're like, oh, my God, he set this up just in a stray thought yeah. balloon. yeah. And he manages to keep track of all this stuff, and yeah, it's it's very impressive. So you know that that's a skill that, you know, so to write a one-off or like an Elseworlds or a, a little contained series that you don't have to worry about how many tangents it has into other books, mm-hmm. that's one thing. But to be to do what Scott Snyder does and to write, you know, Batman Metal, so you write your book, and then you give other writers things to do around you, and then you coordinate which book reveals which plot point yeah. connected to your book assuming they all get done on time like that's amazing and that has nothing to do with uh really like writing being a wordsmith and being mm-hmm. like a, a, a writer it's more to do with just being an amazing schedule and yeah, you could argue yeah. that they're they're sort of the same thing but uh i'm doing a side project right now i'm writing something for an art another artist i'm trying to coordinate with something with white knight mm-hmm. i only have two books to worry about mine and his 
and I'm already like freaking out, like, oh my god, where's this gonna line up? Like, if I change the uh, Curse of the White Knight, is I gonna screw this up? Like, oh my god, like I can't imagine doing it with four other books, twelve other people, yeah, flying to California to like work these things out at, at summits. Like, I yeah, this is not for me. <laughs> yeah, I I would love to to be a fly on the wall in some of those mm-hmm. big writers retreats that they do at yeah. DC and Marvel yeah. where it's just like everybody who's working on the, the main books gets together and they just hash out what's going to happen for the next year yeah. and who's going to like you're saying who's going to handle what and like right. how this is going to tie in right. but at the same time I feel like it must be frustrating to a point yeah. you know if you're writing Moon Knight yeah. and you just you know you feel yeah. that you're off writing Moon Knight and then they're like okay right. that's great we love what you're doing but uh, these middle three issues that you wrote, they need to be changed because they need to tie yeah. into this yeah. like galactic crossover thing. We're yeah, doing. yeah. No, I knew a writer who um, was doing that, and the the, <clears throat> the the main writer, I won't say their names. The main writer was the the, the big name, and he was like a B writer at, at that time. This mm-hmm. is years ago, and the A writer was late. So my friend was like, I don't know what to do. This guy's taking forever, and DC kept saying, Well, you know, um, you need to listen to him. You need to listen to him. And then my friend was like. What are his sales? What are my sales? You know what? From now on, he listens to me. Like, yeah. he put his fucking foot down. Um, That's impressive. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know a lot of people that would have the balls or the ego to do that. <laughs> he was fired, right? No. Um, no. <laughs> um, yeah, I forget how he got on that tangent. But, yeah, uh, but yeah the... Um... The the wink winks to the camera. Oh, oh so yeah. the, the small moments like that. Um, I love there's a motorcycle fight scene with Bruce Wayne yeah. and one of the motorcycle guys is clearly Marlon Brando from the wild oh from, yes uh, yeah. yeah he's got that kind of fat face yeah yeah and the hat I think yeah. is he wearing the hat yeah uh, yeah I think so in the chain and he swings the chain yes. it's in a perfect circle which makes no sense <laughs> you know that's that's one of those sequences where uh, you were saying in some places the animation gets a little choppy and the yeah. coloring they definitely brought the a-team together for yeah. a lot of those action sequences that yeah. scene's really great um, the scene with the exploding Jet turbine at the end is really great. Oh, with uh, Batman has the motorcycle and he yeah and drives he launches it into, it into the, the turbine. Yeah. yeah, just the the animation of just that thing like blowing up and crumpling and everything yeah. is fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Um, and also, you know, the, I don't know what it is, but the the quiet Batman stuff in this looks mm-hmm. fantastic too. Yeah. Like even in the show, I feel like the quiet Batman stuff doesn't always look like it, right. just, it looks fine. Yeah. But there's some times where you get like a nice one light source shot of Batman mm-hmm. where it's just black and blue yeah. where the drawing looks amazing the animation looks amazing and he's just like going yeah. through paperwork yeah. and there was a lot of that in this <laughs> where like there's uh, one scene where I think he's when he goes to Andrea's house and he comes in through the window and they've got that nice light coming in through the window so it's just lighting up the back yeah. of him yeah, and the ears look right, the nose looks right, the yeah. eyes look right, yeah. and he's just like going through a filing cabinet. Yeah. And it's just like, yes, no. this is what Batman should be. I love be. it. No, <laughs> man, I, I, I can't wait to see you do Batman someday because just hearing you get excited about it gets me excited about it. It's everything lit by fire. <laughs> there was uh, Batman, 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 Batman Ghost Rider. Batman doing uh, paperwork in front of a fireplace is what it's going to be. <laughs> like, an evening with Batman. It's basically Bruce Wayne in a row, but he just is wearing the cowl. <laughs> and every time he uncrosses his legs, you see his form. <laughs> and it's just going to be him going, Alfred, never mind, I forgot. Um, there was an episode in the series where Batman's he snuck into the police files and he's going through folders and he has a flashlight in his hand. And there's this yeah. moment where he puts the flashlight in his mouth and he starts going through the files with both hands. 
and you could hear the sound of the mouth on his the, the flashlight on his teeth and how like he i mean i don't know why that always stuck with me like he's he's just human details like, sometimes man. you gotta yeah. you know and then bullock walks in and must have been that episode where he thought Bullock was guilty, but he yeah, wasn't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's little things like that. I oh, think. yeah. Th- those little attentions to detail make all the difference. Yeah. You know? What did you think about Batman walking through the cemetery? The, there was a guy that was killed in a grave. Yep. Chucky Saul or whoever. Mm-hmm. And Batman was recording on a cassette tape like, oh, I found this, I found that, but what are you going to do? It's that kind of day. Quick. <laughs> Do you remember that? Does scene? he say that? Yeah. I don't it's, remember. It's that. been that kind of day. <laughs> I, I do not remember that. I like his like kind of chuck, chuckle chuckle note yeah. to myself later. <laughs> like what is what does his journal look like? What sort of <laughs> jokes is he leaving for himself in the journal? It looks like Michael Scott when he's like XOXO. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. Yeah. But that's the scene where right as he shuts off the tape, it says, been that kind of day or been that kind of night. He decides in costume. To walk over to see his parents' tomb yeah. stone. While... I was thinking about that. I and was like, do you, as Batman, do you fight the urge to do that? You have to, right? Unless you're assuming you there's nobody else well, there. Well, that's what tips off Andrea Beaumont, who he is. Right. He's on the on near the tombstone. He hears her talking to her parents, because that's what they both do, is they talk to their right. dead tombstones by themselves. And then she's like, huh? And she turns to see him, and he runs off in the shadows, and she pans over to see the tomb he was standing next to, and it's the Waynes. And she just assumes that he's Bruce Wayne. Yeah. But I, I kind of have a problem with that because he could have been spying on her like a weirdo from any tomb. True. If she on if she had found him standing in front of his, you know, Thomas Wayne's tomb, putting his hand on it, mm-hmm. putting roses on it, you know, then okay, you're obviously Bruce Wayne. I'll give it a pass though because in the flashback stuff, she definitely sees that he's clearly ramping up to something yeah the way that he's fighting the way that he's going after people the way right. that he's clearly obsessed with you know vengeance and justice yeah how he does kung fu and his, yeah, on exactly. his front lawn so i feel like i feel like for her specifically having that those yeah. two things juxtaposed. maybe maybe if she had run into him separately mm-hmm. she wouldn't have put that together right but i think having those two pieces next to each other she goes right. Oh, I can't. I see what's going or on. Or when they're at the uh, World's Fair of the Future and he gets a fucking boner and goes and runs off to look at the <laughs> prototype Batmobile, yeah. she could be like, I mean, there's enough for her to put it together. Yes. Yeah. But they don't do that. They go with the, oh, she figured out it's him because he was standing near the tombstone. I also like, I like that she figures it out, but they don't make a big deal out of it. Right. Because it's almost like she figures it out and she's, and internally she's like, huh. Well, I guess I'm doing something really similar to that, so it's really not yeah. that big of a stretch. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> and even when they talk about it later, it's kind of like, hey, this is what you were doing. It's kind of yeah. what I'm doing. Yeah. So yeah. here we are. One thing that my wife pointed out was um, Andrea Beaumont is such a dick to him. <laughs> she, she, she didn't get dumped because he wanted to be Batman. Right. She left him. Yep. And then he decided to become Batman. Mm-hmm. She flies back to Gotham, and she's in the plane talking to, I don't know, the, the, the councilman yeah councilman yeah. and she's got a magazine of bruce wayne fortune whatever and she puts it she's like oh don't worry ancient history and then when she goes into her apartment that time and batman's standing there well lit she's a total jerk to him yeah like what did he do to you he didn't ditch you he didn't leave you he didn't break your heart you left him yeah like, why I think, is she i think she's just keeping up the appearance though i think she's you know yeah i think she's trying to keep him at a distance because what she's doing there is she's going around killing people 
That's that is true. So you know, I think I think she's specifically trying to keep up the the right. cold exterior to right. make sure he doesn't get too close. Yeah, I, I feel like you're going a long way for a ham sandwich there. <laughs> to use your phrase against you. <laughs> that's fair. I mean, that's all right. I, I'm not. I love it. I want to love it. I feel like there's a couple of things they could have fixed very easily. So the the big elephant in the room. Mm-hmm. So she becomes the phantasm, and she's not only able to fight Batman yep. toe-to-toe and mm-hmm. hold her own, but run as fast as him, jump as fast as him. Yep. There are bullets going into her. She's turning into smoke, disappearing, mm-hmm. reappearing. She should learn to shut her smoke thing off when she's running away, though, because yeah. it leaves a big trail <laughs> to so follow obvious, her by. Yeah. Yeah. And they never explain if this is a superpower, <clears throat> if she's into like magic tricks. or They never talk about it at all. Yeah. I think that's actually one of the questions we got was uh, – can can anybody explain where her powers come from? Yeah, I and I was looking one. it up, trying to figure out if there is any explanation, and there yeah. doesn't seem to be one. There's none. It's because so, it's yeah, so lazy. Even on Wikipedia, in your yeah. breakdowns, there's usually a yeah. powers and ability section. There is not Nothing. one for Phantasm. I mean, it's a great movie, but I I my my solution, and I'll tell you, Colleen's my mm-hmm. wife. She actually had a better one. My solution was maybe her dad made his money in the special effects industry, so she okay. like stole his prototype shit, whatever. Yeah. And my wife goes. What if, you know the World's Fair she went to? Mm-hmm. What if she was um, an Imagineer and she actually worked on the World's Fair to build it? Mm-hmm. And her idea was, hey, Bruce, let's go on a date. I'll, you come by. I'll show you what I do. Like, I'm I'm an engineer. I did this, this, and that. Like, check out this car we made. Yeah. Wink, wink. Um, I think that would have tied it together a lot more because they made zero effort to explain her superpowers. I think that's a great solution because also I don't think it matters. No. I don't, like, I, I think the... I think the bigger problem with her powers comes at the end when she just disappears with the Joker and then she's just alone on a boat and the Joker's not there and the Joker's clearly not dead. Yeah. Like, we don't know what happened. We don't know if, like, they just shook hands and went their separate ways or or what. Like, Batman's pleading with her and she's like, fine. She disappears with the Joker. And he's like, wait a minute. How how are you doing? Like, I am a magician. Yeah. know how the hell that works yeah i think i think if you i think that's where that stuff becomes a problem yeah i don't necessarily think that they need to explain it but i do like i like colleen's explanation a lot that yeah. that that would be i mean you wouldn't have to change much you just write it right into that scene a few lines yeah it could have fixed that's what's so frustrating is you're like on the brink of an almost perfect movie and if you had tweaked these things uh then i'd be on board with making this a top top number one batman movie yeah. maybe I, I would like to say i feel like our generation is getting screwed because uh, how come we don't have World's Fairs anymore? They're in all sorts of different media. They look so cool, oh but God, nobody does right. that anymore. You're right. Like, they're in everything. They're in Batman. They're in Captain America. They're in all sorts of sci-fi stuff, and it always looks like the coolest thing where you go and you see the flying car that never actually turns into anything, where you get to see all this technology about the future, right. and now all we have is, like, right. the guy from Apple shows you what new emojis are on your phone. I'll bet you, I've I've only just thought about this in the last two seconds. Mm-hmm. But my my guess is that World's Fairs are basically like giant conventions, mm-hmm. and we've diversified into subgroups to such a degree where the World's Fair now is like a New York City car show where they show yeah. you the future car is at the car show now, the future phone is at the phone convention, yeah. the future comics at the comic convention. Yeah, I think, I think you're it's right. It's just so subdivided right now. And I think it's just it's so much easier to get and see that stuff yeah. on a day-to-day basis that like there's not there's anything that's coming out that's new right they're gonna there's gonna be a press release they're right. not like holding that stuff back yeah but it's it's such a bummer because like you, i was watching cool. this documentary on netflix about walt disney 
And they I, were, I tried watching that, yeah. Yeah, and they were talking <clears throat> about this World's Fair of 1950-whatever, or 60 or something. And uh, Disney used the guys who were building Disneyland to, like, design and build big sections of that. And right. it looks amazing. Yeah. And they put all of this work into yeah. this thing that goes on for, like, a week. It's yeah. like it's like a mini Olympic stadium they build, but yeah. Olympic stadium of, like, stuff. I know, I know. And it, it's just, yeah. it just looks so cool. It's such a great setting yeah. for stuff. I wish they were a real thing yeah. again. Me too, especially from an artist standpoint. You imagine the poster. You imagine families taking the weekend off and going there and eating, you know, dipping dots and futuristic ice cream and tang or whatever. Um, but uh, I feel like... I mean, if you want to be amazed by stuff of the future, you just have to go online now or buy, I was going to say buy a magazine. You mm-hmm. don't even have magazines anymore. It's, it's you know, it's crazy. Go on Instagram for future cars and there it all is. That's way more information than you'll get at any World's Fair at this point. It's it's just sort of the world we live in, you know? <clears throat> yeah, it's definitely a, it, it's a creative bummer, but I guess, yeah. You know. I remember. And sometimes, sometimes a serial killer takes advantage of it and kills a bunch of people. Devil in the White City. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I was actually going to mention that one. Yeah. Well, that was like the first or second one, and Walt Disney's uncle or father was, was that serial killer. <laughs> he murdered a man named Mickey <laughs> on a flat Earth. <laughs> God willing. <laughs> um, <clears throat> no, I think Walt Disney's uncle or someone that influenced him as a child was some kind of um, worked in construction in the Chicago World's Fair, and it gave Walt Disney the idea for um, like. One of the movies, one of the franchises, but if you read like this outtake of the Devil in the White City, it says like what his was called his uncle, Walt Disney's uncle described mm-hmm. working in these conditions, and it's like we're a bunch of dwarves and hacking away and like oh, no in, in a pit, and it's like that's obviously this ride at Walt Disneyland. Yeah, yeah, that's funny. Something like that. Yeah, you know, I, um, I was a little surprised that they didn't have the Batwing at the World's Fair as well. Yeah, because. Uh, uh, I, I don't think the Batwing gets enough focus uh, in in the show. I would like to say. <laughs> I think this movie does kind of point out. So the Batwing has seems to have like UFO capabilities. <laughs> it, whatever it needs to do, it can hover, it can fly. It it's can like a response. Harrier, but yeah. quiet. But it's like it's it kind of this movie kind of points out how ridiculous it is that he has that and mm-hmm. he uses it like on a regular basis. Right. Because the Phantasm is running along rooftops, mm-hmm. running at the speed of a human can run, and he's like tailing her in a jet. Right. <laughs> he's so like, he's basically that he has to catch up to her. Well, miles an hour. She's running pretty fast. I remember yeah. her little legs going pretty quick. Yeah, I mean, in real life, it would be him going, like, ludicrous speed, like, over the top and <laughs> overshooting it and stopping and having to come back. It would be more difficult in the jet, frankly. Yeah, in the jet, you could go to plaid. Yes, exactly, yeah. <laughs> Is that the same scene where Batman ends up having to... He loses his cowl trying to fake out the police, and they're chasing him, and she shows up yes. again, but she's in a, a convertible or whatever? Yeah. Okay. Um, so nice, to nice save. To to talk to talk about the ending or the end sequence, you're saying that the how it is kind of weird that the Joker comes in so late, and I I wonder if the whole stuff with that guy, the mobster, mm-hmm. ending up being the Joker was kind of like a last minute save, because or if if not a save, but like an excuse to make the Joker not completely seem like they're just shoving him into the movie, right? Because he does come out of nowhere in like the last you know third of the movie or whatever. Well, he's there without makeup. I mean, you could argue from a writer's standpoint that, like, he's in these scenes, but he's not wearing the makeup. So, right. in hindsight, he's there in all three acts, but you don't really register it as a viewer because they did such a good job of hiding him. Yeah. And I liked that they did. 
I like that Batman has like a photo and he's drawing in pencil like a smiley face over Joker's mouth or something yeah. like that and he figures it out. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm sure there are better ways to handle that, honestly. Yeah, and I do you find his um, presence in the story distracting? Um, or do you feel like it's it's a it's a necessary third act bump? I feel like you should have gone with either a Joker movie with Batman origin mm-hmm. or go to an um, Phantasm Andrea Beaumont movie yeah. with, with mobsters. I don't think they needed to mix them. Yeah. I mean, hey, there's a way to make it work. Yeah. I mean, sure. I think it's the thought process is is probably we're making a feature feature length film. Yeah. We we have to bring some of the big guns to the show. You yeah. Know, we can't just Oh, I get it. Yeah, totally. It's, it's not. It can't be two hours of Rupert like, Thorne. Yeah. You know? <laughs> like, who the fuck is the Phantasm? Why isn't the Joker here? Just do a Joker movie. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I can imagine that meeting. Yeah, and I, <laughs> I mean, I'm never gonna, I'm never gonna be disappointed by the Joker in the show. Yeah. Because he's Mark Hamill is consistently great, <laughs> and again, they write yeah. him very different. Well, not differently, but they they turn him up a little bit. In yeah. This, and I think it works really well. They make him yeah. very scary and very effective. Him, he has scenes where he's in the House of the Future. Mm-hmm. With this robot woman who's constantly cutting a salami, she's got a giant rusty cleaver in her mm-hmm. hand, and he's like pinching her cheek and like making like sexual innuendos, and mm-hmm. no one's even around but him, and no. they, they spend screen time on this, and like that is amazing. I was I, I love that because <laughs> I was I was thinking the same thing. Like the Joker, <laughs> the Joker, he he's he's always looking for an audience and he does it doesn't matter who it, it is. To, it could be a robot <laughs> yeah he's gonna be he's gonna be throwing jokes at whoever's in the room yeah. and if there's no one in the room he's gonna throw he's, them at himself he's basically banging the uh the the, the droid from the jetsons what's yeah. the name oh i don't remember yeah, I, yeah. are you surprised harley's not in this because i feel like Har- this was 93 so this like i actually think this was right after the first season yeah so yeah. this is not quite harley hasn't quite no, they had Harley. They, I they, mean, she was there, but I don't think she had. She hadn't risen to prominence the way she does later. I don't think. Well, they did all sixty. The first initial order, I think mm-hmm. it was like sixty something. Oh, that's true. Games. I guess so, they would have done all. So the they episodes, did, yeah. did Harley's holiday. Like yeah. they knew what Good they point. had. There was fan reaction. There was writing on the wall, and they chose not to include her. Yeah. I can't help but. I mean, if I was doing this as a comic, I would probably not include her because why jam it up with more right, detail right. than you need? You know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, how, do you like the uh, that last final sequence at the World's Fair with the Joker and all that kind of stuff? Um, yeah, I like the World's Fair as a set piece. Um, the way that Andrea just disappears just makes me, it always makes me stop and think, dude, what are her superpowers? This is, yeah. this is ridiculous. Uh, and then the final scene with her on the boat, the guy hitting on her and he, she tells him to fuck off or whatever. Like, <laughs> why, why are we watching this? What happens to the Joker? Also, Batman never clears his name. Yes. Yeah, it's good the same point. problem with Batman Returns. Yeah. Batman's framed. He never actually shows footage that clears his name. You yeah. just assume he did it off camera. Yeah. Yeah. I guess that's a that's a yeah, you can probably assume that that's gonna happen at some point. You gotta show it though, man. Yeah. yeah. Classic screenplay, I feel like you generally should show I don't I don't know. Well yeah, I guess I guess I I guess I would say that's a case by case basis for me. Cause, uh, well, even if the cops show up at the very fight, the last fight scene, the cops show up as Andrea disappears, mm-hmm. and they see Phantasm, and you see one cop go, "Oh, oh like, yeah. that's yeah. all you need." Yeah. yeah, that'll work. Yeah, yeah, I can see why. Conversely, that they don't spend the time on it because I think, <clears throat> emotionally, it's not important. Mm-hmm. 
because it's you know Batman is Batman. He's always either wanted or being his yeah. name being cleared. So it's going to happen eventually. Right. And the thrust of that scene is not Batman has to clear his name. It's Batman dealing with mm-hmm. Andrea and the Joker and right. stuff. So I can see why right. they didn't. But yeah. you're, I think you're right. Yeah, you could yeah. definitely because uh, because uh, as it stands. Joker and Phantasm are both gone. The cops show up. Batman is just there <laughs> in a completely the destroyed World's Fair. World's Fair. And they're going to be like, I think we should arrest <laughs> Batman. Yeah, that would help. Um, oh, what was the other uh, niggle I had with it? That's funny. So I'm doing uh, uh, the sequel to White Knight right now. Mm-hmm. And, and you're helping me out. And for the past week, Clay and I have been passing back and forth texts and emails and you know communicating six different ways. Mm-hmm. And uh, I had a... a a space in the script where I needed somebody. Joker has something that Batman needs in Curse, and uh, I could have it take place anywhere. Someone needs to raid Joker's things at some point. Mm-hmm. So I started thinking like, oh, what could I do? Maybe like a good Easter egg, whatever. And I locked in on Phantasm, mm-hmm. and I thought, well, what if they found it in the rubble of the House of the Future or whatever? And it's a scene that I actually ended up cutting, but uh, I. It's weird, like. When you have that space in your story to do an Easter egg, how much, how Easter eggy do you let it get before right. it becomes distracting? Right. You know? Yeah. And one of our our listeners on Twitter was all about Andrea Beaumont, and he's probably listening to this right now, yelling at his radio, like, <laughs> put her back in. <laughs> well, I mean, to, to kind of, you know, get into a little bit about what we talked about is I think that Easter egg would have been great, but you in the script had called her out by name Mm -hmm. and i think at that point in your story and what you were trying to do calling her out by name now puts her into the story yeah you know and i and that's not something that you necessarily needed at that point you're right yeah yeah and i I actually i mean since it's cut it's not a big deal but bruce is asking something leslie Tompkins has a memory because leslie Tompkins was like a first responder after this giant explosion in uh, phantasm Mm -hmm. is my idea and uh, it starts off with like She's like, do you remember that big explosion uh, at the World's Fair? And he's like, oh, yeah, the time that I was looking for Andrew Beaumont. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I sent it to you, and I made a note, like, is this totally ridiculous? Like, you know, I'm flagging this already, so you yeah. don't have to. Um, but, yeah, I never knew. I, it's hard to know, like, how to handle that stuff. Yeah. What's a cool Easter egg versus what's completely unnecessarily distracting? Yeah, and, I, you know, we, we went through that on with a big section of White Knight 1. Yeah. Which we don't have to get into it because I think it's going to be its own thing. Uh, but there was a big section where, yeah. at the time in the story, Mr. Freeze thing. Yeah, you yeah. had a great story that you wanted to tell, but it was it was like I think the second to last issue. Yeah, and the story was like trucking, 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 yeah. and then this total like eight page flashback. Yeah, that just you know it You're really right. grounded. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm not I'm not saying this because I want you to tell me I'm right on the air, no. but I appreciate <laughs> it. Uh, but it's just that kind of thing where it's like it's 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 a great story. Yeah, but sometimes it's not the right time, you know. Yeah, that's and you know the thing that I'm writing that's connecting to uh, Curse of the White Knight resolves the freeze stuff, mm-hmm. the World War Two Nazi freeze stuff, um, because I really wanted to jam it all into Volume One. And my my biggest um, this is a tangent. My my biggest uh, I think White Knight. I'm proud of White Knight, but the biggest flaw I can see in it is this freeze story that's jammed in. Yeah. And if people like it, it's because they like freeze. And I tried my best to shoehorn it in. The only reason I wouldn't let it go is because I thought this is my only chance of ever writing Batman. So right. I'm just, this is it. I'm right. just gonna, I'm gonna leave you know blood on the wall here. 
Um, if I had known I was going to get approval for to do whatever I want after, then I wouldn't have tried to shoehorn it in. So yeah. Um, but yeah, anytime I go through White Knight one, I'm like, you know what? I know what I was trying to do, but I wish I had just not included the free stuff because it's already complicated. <laughs> yeah. You know, I I can totally sympathize with that. And honestly, yeah, when you're in that situation where you don't know if you're ever going to get a second shot at this. Yeah. Yeah. Why not throw it at the wall? See what happens. Exactly. You know? Yeah. And I think I think as it stands. You're probably yeah. harder on it than most people are, yeah, if I well, had to guess. You know, probably. I think, I think, I think this stuff a... works decently well. Yeah, well, thanks, man. I mean, the, the one point where uh, Hatter and Neo Joker break into um, the Gotham City Police Department, and Hatter grabs a hard drive. He's like, let's take one of these. Mm-hmm. Who knows what secrets they have? And he goes back to the base, and he's like, ooh, they've recently accessed files for Mr. Freeze. Ooh, what do you know? Mr. Freeze is related to Bruce Wayne. That is the weakest link in the chain. Yeah. Like, I can definitely say, like, that might lose some people. Yeah. It's a little bit stretchy, but if you're if people are having a good time, hopefully they'll go with it. Yeah. Is that in the book? I don't remember that. It's in the book, I'm yeah. I'm going to say that I didn't read that, so it's not my fault. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's a stretch. I mean, um, it makes sense that if you uncovered that information, Hatter has a lot of experience, yeah. and he's teaching Neo, so he's like, trust me, when you get information this juicy, you want to use it. This right. is a big thing. Yeah. And lo and behold, it ends up affecting the A plot, which is just a happy accident, but whatever, it's a comic. Yeah, no, I mean, I think I think it, I think think it, that stuff, as it ended up, works pretty well, yeah. and it doesn't. Oh, I don't think it overpowers it too much, and you know, that, yeah. that thing you cut, it's probably going to be its own thing yeah. so that works out pretty well I, think. I, I had a sequence in curse where <clears throat> I, I wanted to do a whole splash of phantasm mm. and as bruce remembers this instance and as cool as that is as easter eggy awesome as that is uh going through notes with you i'm like you know what? i just don't need it and yeah. i wasn't totally in love with it anyway yeah. and if you show me a better idea i'll happily drop the garbage that i came up with you know? yeah and i you know it's not like i i think that would have been fun because man Phantasm hasn't been in anything. Someone actually on on Twitter, when the person who asked that question initially, further down the thing said uh, they didn't think that they could use Phantasm in the books. That's that's not true at all. I don't. Yeah, I don't know. You would know better than I do. do With her, honestly. If I wanted to use her, I'm sure DC would be fine with it. I'll keep that in your back pocket for the next volume. Yeah, volume three. Yeah, which (laughs) can't talk about that one. Legacy of the White Knight. Yeah, everyone's dead. (laughs) <laughs> everyone's dead <laughs> um, so one other niggle I had with the movie yeah was that Bruce Wayne is not active in the plot in that he's not the one making the decisions that steer the plot yeah Andrea leaves him uh, he's always two steps behind Joker and Andrea mm-hmm. Andrea goes to the World's Fair to find Joker and Batman shows up late like Batman's just an observer to yep. this movie in a yep. lot of ways, which is not necessarily what you want to do as far as classic screenplays go. Yeah, and he's my dog. My dog Pliskin has joined the discussion. He thinks hey, he buddy. should have cut a lot more. Out you guys of the first need to line. be more understanding of Paul Dini and the writers. <laughs> the, the yeah, it's uh, it's one of those things that's that's tough because when you when you're when you're telling a story with a with a character who's not Batman or right. not your main character yeah. and that character is the thrust of the the story yeah yeah you kind of have to remember to you, well, I, you either have to remember to have scenes where Batman actually figures some stuff on out on his own cuz right. I feel like I'm trying to think back I feel like he sort of finds everything yeah you, everyone's kind of one step ahead of him yeah. when he does find stuff out it's kind of like yeah 
You know, it's, yeah, no he's, shit, Bruce. Yeah, he's late to the party. Um, <laughs> or it's like you don't see him finding it out. He just shows up and he knows it. Like, yeah. it, I think at the end when he shows up and, yeah. and confronts Phantasm or whatever, he's like, I know it's you, Andrew. And she's like, oh, you figured it out. And it's like, well, because the plot required him to know <laughs> yeah. at this point. It says in my script I'm supposed to say these lines. <laughs> yeah, I didn't, I didn't have a red-colored pencil to draw the mask onto your picture with, so I just figured it out. Um, yeah. But yeah. yeah, it's 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 tough to uh, I I wonder how much that affects people's viewing experience mm-hmm. because you're putting Batman or whoever your main character is into a position where he's more or less he's the same as the viewer but he's got somehow less information. That's yeah, you sort of neuter him. Yeah. In a way. And so I think I wonder if there's this weird gray area that is created by the magic of movies or storytelling where you don't have to tie it. You don't have to have him do as much because once the the reader or the watcher figures it out, Mm -hmm. they kind of like osmote that information onto Batman. So when Batman, Batman shows up knowing it, you're like, well, I know it. So Batman probably would know. I don't like that person. That's a fine line. It depends on how you uh, unravel it. But I I hear what you're saying though. Yeah. I personally like it when, Batman actually does some work. <laughs> no, me too. No, no, this, this is uh, so Batman's a detective, and I feel I was listening to some other podcasts where people were complaining that Batman is not as much of a detective in comics these days. He's just another superhero. Yeah. Um, and I feel like um, this movie does a really good job of Batman going through the clues one by one and putting it together, even if he is slower than everybody else. Yeah. <laughs> At least the clues are there, and it's it's a classic de- detective story in a lot of ways. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. He um, when he does get there at the end, and he kind of just knows everything. It's yeah. just going. Kind of like, oh, okay. yeah, yeah. I mean, a lot, a lot of looking at pictures and <laughs> yeah. making assumptions yeah. about stuff. I mean, I have a point in my newest script where Batman he goes like issue one, two, and three. He's slowly figuring out, slowly figuring mm-hmm. out. And then issue four, he shows up to the GTO. And he's like, "Here's what I figured out." And he's got like this whole historical uh, like unraveling of how Gotham was founded. And mm-hmm. It it does make sense, but it's like. Whoa! Yeah. You are the world's greatest <laughs> detective. Holy shit! I mean, but you don't keep pace with him enough. He's like he basically disappears. He stops investigating at some point, and then he shows up, and he's got a ton more. Yeah. And even though it does track, uh, it is a little bit jarring because it's like, wow, you are a detective. Yeah. Hopefully just have in a, a good way. Just have a scene where someone asks him about that, and he's like, "What do you think I do? Yeah. <laughs> what do you think I do when I'm not hanging out with you? <laughs> yeah." I read a lot of books. <laughs> yeah, that's true. There, there, you should do a whole issue. Your, your, your uh, spinoff issue for Volume Two should just be Batman in costume at the library, just yeah. like going through books, just like <laughs> licking his finger, <laughs> turning the pages, getting getting led into the room where it's like yeah. the old tomes. You know, uh, don't show what I he's reading. Don't show what he's reading. Just do twenty-two <laughs> pages of you watching him read a book. Actually, Every this sounds a lot like my thing of him doing paperwork in front. Let me say, draw yeah. it. Let Every me do this one. Every time you turn a page, he turns a page <laughs> exactly. too. Yeah, it's super good. meta. No, it's funny. I was trying to. Um, I I need to have one more scene in Curse where a Batman and Harley are fighting about something, and I wanted to have Harley like point out how um, how crazy Bruce is at this mm-hmm. point, and I want him to have this like monologue of like, "You're right. Like I can't shake someone's hand without." thinking about how to break their elbow yeah every time someone touches me on the shoulder i had to fight myself from flipping them yeah uh every spare moment i get i'm looking at like how modern cars are built in case i ever need to 
take one apart in the street in the mm -hmm. middle of a fight. Like being me takes like I should, I should have a team of 10 people just feeding me information. Yeah. I don't have time for real life. I don't have a favorite song. I don't have a favorite color. Like I don't see movies. Like he's just not human anymore, and he's realizing that. And Harley's sort of pointing that out. Yeah. Um, but in the end of the scene, he's like okay with it in a, in a way. Yeah. Spoilers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't have a personality, but I'm fine with that. <laughs> <laughs> but I really like Miley Cyrus. <laughs> um. But yeah. So I think I think we covered the movie pretty yeah. well. Uh, so what do you think about people calling this a top? Like their favorite Batman movie. I've heard that argument. I understand it, I think. I, you know, I don't know if this movie is a better Batman than the show is. Bat is. You know what I mean? I agree. Um, I think <clears throat> I when, when people say that the cartoon Batman the Animated Series is their preferred Batman, mm -hmm. I get that. Yeah. Because, you know, kind of that's part of what we're looking at here is like why that is. Mm -hmm. And there's lots of things along the way where the way that they define Batman, all the different villains they use, yeah. very definitive, uh, right. I, um, iconic versions of things. Yeah. And it's really refined down to what makes everything great. This <clears throat> is good. Mm -hmm. It's very good, especially for an animated movie that was supposed to go straight to video. Yeah. But I don't think this is A-plus Batman. Agree. Yeah. Um, and I I feel like the th what's taking it down is, is not hugely important stuff, but mm -hmm. I, it's like... I don't know. I wouldn't. I wouldn't use this as a definitive Batman story. Well, I agree. It, it, there's a lot of great Batman <clears throat> you're competing with. Yeah. I understand the need, the the desire to want to root for this because this is an underdog movie. Yeah. Should have gone straight to the video. It didn't. It came to theaters. It flopped. Siskel and Ebert waited years before they retroactively watched it, and they gave it two thumbs up. Oh, and they were like, that. "Oh my God, we're so sorry. This came out in the theaters. We didn't see it, but we both loved it. Two thumbs up. And back then, that mattered. You know. Right. Um. Back so before I wonder, everybody and their cousin was a movie blogger. I know, right? <laughs> or, or before everybody had podcasts. <laughs> a bunch of assholes with podcasts. <laughs> um, so I, I, I want to root for this movie, and I want to see more of these movies. And whatever I have to do to get them, I'm willing to do. But the Keaton Batman is way more ambitious. Yeah. And it's, I think, way more successful. I mean, we were you and I were jousting on texting the other day, trying to outquote each other on Keaton. Don't even jo try Joker it. Line. Yeah. <laughs> Even like the the Take you to school. Kevin Nolan movie, yeah, with Heath Ledger. I mean, Chris Nolan. Chris Nolan. Kevin sorry. Nolan's the artist. <laughs> I always do that. I always, I mean, that movie is trying to accomplish so much. Yeah. I mean, it goes out of its way to find a way to put two fairies in the water. One's gonna explode. One is filled with criminals. One isn't. And it's like that takes so much to pull that one scene off. Right. I do love Phantasm, but. I feel like you need to judge these things on a curve and no one was trying so much yeah. and pulled off so much successfully that that has to be my number one or number two yeah. with Keaton. I would say this is like a number, this is a top five Batman yeah. movie for me. Yeah, I, I love agree. it, but a lot of people love this so much that I do have to say I think it's a little overrated. That's fair. Yeah, I, I would agree with you. I think, I think it, it's tough for me to call something call this the definitive Batman movie or Batman story or whatever yeah. when you've got e either Dark Knight or the Batman 89 mm -hmm. where they are put taking the two 
titans of the Batman story yeah. and distilling them down to very specific character types and then just driving them at each other. Yeah. Which is where, I mean, the, the, the success of Dark Knight comes because they understand the Joker's character. He's mm-hmm. very clearly defined. Right. They understand Batman's character. He's very clearly defined. And they just put them both in a cage together yeah. and see what happens when they hit each other. Right. And that and that built that makes Dark Knight a very iconic Batman story. Right. And same I mean <clears throat> say what you will about Batman 89, I would, you know, never say anything bad about it cuz it's, you know. I I'm, I'm, I'm with you on that. <laughs> yeah. Um and you know, I look forward to your letters about that. Um but like it's it's just visually it's everything everything that it just it is it is Batman. Yeah. Like you can't yeah. look at Michael Keaton like yeah. a shot from that movie mm-hmm. where they've got the light hitting him the right way yeah. so it casts the shadows on the face. Right. And you get the smoke behind which defines the ears and stuff mm-hmm. and like you can't go ah, I like I like Mask of the Phantasm better than that. Right. You know, yeah, I mean yeah. the Joker is just, you know, the yeah. definitive Joker look and it's it's just yeah, yeah. it's 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 great. And it's just yeah. it's I want to say it's a personal preference. Right. But but there's a reason you why know. it stands the test of time, though. Yeah. You know, this is always... Because when you and I started the animated series podcast, we were wondering, is it is this just timing? You and I are the right age to appreciate Batman 1992 when this came out. Mm-hmm. Five years, ten years from now, are people going to have, like, Brave and the Bold podcast claiming that that's the best one? Maybe. But probably not. Like, yeah. I, I do think there is something different about this. Yeah, there is. Um, I think if an alien landed and the alien said... Show me the best Batman on TV you find. I would say, okay, watch Michael Keaton. Then don't watch the second one. Mm-hmm. Watch the animated series. Then watch Batman Beyond. Watch some of JLA because there's some Batman in there. Yep. Um, watch the first and second Nolan movies. And then I'd be like, play some of the games. You're done. <laughs> then this alien would be like, dude, I asked for definitive. That usually means one. <laughs> Sorry. I also really like this. I really like the scenario where an alien comes down and like the government greets him. He's like, we have so many things we'd like to tell you about our culture. And he's like, no, if you could please direct me to the best Batman story. He is a legend on my planet. Hey, there you go. That's a good maybe dark white night three. Right, <laughs> invasion of White Knight Three. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. No, I would. I would agree with that. <clears throat> do you? Uh, I mean, just to wrap it up, then I guess. Uh, do you have a section of this that you'd like to draw, oh, or yeah. you know, rework uh, or whatever? Um. I think, uh, maybe the obvious answer for me would be that scene where Batman's running from the cops and Andrea picks him up and saves him. Yeah. That might be the action sequence, if not the end. Yeah, but I, uh, the moment where Batman first dons the cowl and Alfred's there, and when he turns towards Alfred, he's all in silhouette, and Alfred is genuinely frightened when he sees Bruce. That's a really nice like moment-to-moment type shot in pages that you could do. If you had five pages to just do that like, art- artistically as possible, I think that'd be pretty neat. Yeah. You know? Yeah. How about you? I would pick probably anything with the phantasm because I've never drawn the phantasm. Yeah. And. I don't, I don't know why more people don't draw the Phantasm. Like, I don't yeah. even see fan art of yeah. the Phantasm. Like, you know, people, uh, lots of artists we know do all sorts of different drawing Batmans and blah, blah, blah. I don't yeah. see anybody drawing the Phantasm. Yeah. I should corner that market before I get sued. <laughs> you know, <clears throat> before I forget, one thing I did uncover was, uh, so they had action figures released for this movie, mm-hmm. like Kenner. And the action figures were released weeks before the movie oh, came geez. out. Oh, jeez. And the Phantasm yeah. had a removable mask. Yeah. 
Otherwise, Warner Brothers did a really good job of not spoiling the ending. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, I would say anything with Phantasm, but I also loved the uh, the the model city fight where yeah. Batman and the Joker like the Joker's wearing into the, the uh, hat that looks like a building. Yes, yeah, and they're just like <laughs> it's so like stupid. a Godzilla fight, it's knocking awesome. each other into the. That would be a lot of fun. It to is do. awesome. That's yeah. a good. That's a that like fa- that scene favors the Joker because it's just so ridiculous. Yes, yeah, yeah. Uh, what did you think about the song during the credits? Uh, do you know who sang that? No, Tia Carrera. No shit. From Wayne's World. Really? And True Lies. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Not a lot of money for that song, no. I guess. Well, good But for it's her. totally like a record, like, and suddenly the credits roll, and it's like this saxophone 90s yeah. love song. That well, you know, that's how you know do. it's a theatrical movie from the 90s. <laughs> they all had that. I mean, every movie had that. I mean, but it's just so, I'm, I'm glad the producers saw it, like, this is terrible. Let's put it to the end when everyone's left the theater. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I always found that really interesting, how they have you know this one pop song that's yeah. always like the one that kills me <laughs> is the one at the end of uh, Bram Stoker's Dracula yeah where it's like the whole movie is just this amazing orchestral music and like some of its existing music i think and some of it's written right. for the movie and then you get to the end and, then and it's that's like when they play i like big butts and i cannot lie yes exactly <laughs> um no it's this like it's this Annie Lennox song this like slow <laughs> <coughs> Annie Lennox torch song about like immortal love and stuff. Yeah, and just like Ugh. you know, it's like with Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, and Brian Adams. Yeah, like, why did you? We need a love song. Let's just we've got money in the budget. Let's I just will say, T. Carrera, the music video for that Brian Adams song, yeah, is, is fucking great. I remember as a kid liking that. Yeah. I actually taught we, that song to myself on the piano. Nice, and I can still play it. Wait, well, <laughs> next next podcast, we'll put you on the put you can on the we, spot. Can we use the T. Carrera song in this podcast somehow? Yeah, if I can find, it, I'll throw it in there. Well, I'll do it right <laughs> now. Well, uh, after we rate it, we'll give it a quick rating, and then we'll take a break, and then we'll do the questions. So, what what would you give it? I assume five. Uh, I'm going to give it a five. Okay. Oh, am I, am, I, am I grading it against every other Batman movie? Am I grading it against I would say, episodes? I would say grade it within the series. I'm going to go four. Because okay. I know a lot of episodes that are fives that are tight. I, I, you know, I wish I hadn't said that. Because as yeah. soon as I started thinking about it, I was like, I think Heart of Ice is probably better than this yeah, movie. <laughs> Heart of Ice almost got him. Yeah. Uh, free uh-huh. stuff. I mean, uh, Mr. Uh, Grey Ghost. Those yeah. are yeah. almost flawless. Yeah. I think this is a four. Yeah. I'll, I'll be... I'll split the difference and say four and a half. Pussy. I know. <laughs> All right, we're going to take a little quick break, uh, listen to the sweet sounds of Tia Carrera, and then we'll be right back to answer some of your questions. hope you enjoyed that sweet sweet soundtrack music uh, I would love it if they paid her to be like I'm in love with Batman Andrea Beaumont Joker used to not be, have paint on his face I don't know something you know something romantic about you know a, a kiss from a rose or something along those lines that's my favorite left left field song for a Batman movie yeah because that song has nothing to do with anything right so but Before that video this, is iconic. People love our tangents, apparently. So here's a quick tangent. <laughs> yeah. When did you know the Schumacher movies were bad? Um, not for a while. 
because I remember I loved Batman Forever. Yeah. Because I was it was right in the pocket of you know I was perfect age big Jim Carrey fan. Mm-hmm. Thought he was great. Yep. Uh, I loved the fact that Robin was in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was a little bit put off by the the different look, but mm-hmm. I was like, sure, whatever. Let's yep. let's go for it. <laughs> um, I could feel there's something wrong, but I <laughs> but I still really enjoyed it because again at that time. Anything comic book related, I was all about it. It oh, didn't okay. matter how bad it was. Yeah. I was all about it because there was so little of it. Uh, like That's Mall fair. Rats. What was the last time you watched Mall Rats? Never seen it. Okay, don't watch it. It doesn't really hold up. Um, <laughs> sorry, Kevin. Uh, <laughs> Kevin, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'll watch it right now. <laughs> um, I saw Batman and Robin in the theater, and I was still young enough that when I came out, I was like, man, that was great. Mm-hmm. Mr. Freeze. Poison Ivy, Bane was in it. Yeah. It was like right just after Nightfall and all that stuff, and I was all big into that, so seeing Bane was awesome, even though Bane was kind of like not quite Bane. <laughs> um, and, the, and the friend of mine who I went with was was a little bit older, and I was like, man, wasn't that awesome? And he was like, mm, yeah. Yeah, Clay. Yeah. Yeah, that was great. And yeah, then only like revisiting it a couple years later, I was like, oh, this is, this is very yeah. not good. Right. <laughs> yeah, you know... My feelings are very close to what you just described. Mm-hmm. Um, bat nipples, okay. I thought Crystal Donald looked amazing. Yeah, he looked like a, a great Robin. Good suit. Val like Kilmer, suit. awesome. You know, I loved him in Stock Holiday and uh, Mad Mardigan. Yep, I was okay with that. Um, you know, I was watching MTV at the time, so you know, I didn't love the music videos, but whatever. Um, Tommy Lee Jones, of course. Like, yep. I'll see him in anything. I was a big Two Face fan, so yeah. see. Although I do remember at the time being really fucking annoyed at the fact that they would never just call him Two-Face. They all just, they called him Harvey Two-Face for the whole movie. And it really bugged me because it sounds so dumb. It does. And it's like they just, they didn't figure out that people were, could put it together. Also, I very quickly realized how silly a lot of that movie was. Like when he, Mm -hmm. is when he gets, we've talked about this before. I think we talked about some of this in the Two-Face podcast. When he gets scarred when the guy throws acid at him and he holds a piece of paper up his face. (laughs) And then Batman, in full Batman costume, (laughs) jumps out of the audience. He was sitting quietly in the first aisle the whole time. For more talk about that, that, go revisit our Two-Face episode. Yeah, so I I watched that, and I think I left the the theater like, that was cool. And if you would really grilled me at that moment and asked me a ton of questions i probably would have figured out i mean it was cool but it wasn't the first one yeah i hated batmobile i hated oh, the, god yeah oh, driving up the ugh. i always hate the batmobile but i don't know why I, I just at the time it didn't occur to me that movies could be bad yeah i was young enough where i thought well these people made a movie they must know what they're doing mm-hmm. if i don't like it maybe i just don't get it yeah um i very clearly remember the first time i realized movies could be bad <laughs> i was going to movies uh my friend and i uh, after church every Sunday, yeah. we would go to the local movie theater mm-hmm. and watch, go see like two movies because we figure it's a very poorly constructed theater, so oh, we so could sneak, sneak around in. very yep. easily. Yep. <laughs> um, and we we went to see one one day, and then it was just like, oh, that's the next one. It's got people in people yeah. in it that we know. Let's go see that. And afterwards, we were just like up to that point, everything we had saw I was like, oh, that was great. Really enjoyed that. Really enjoyed that. And then after that point, I was like, that movie was bad yeah that was like legit not good yeah it was not a pleasurable experience i yeah. didn't even pay for it and i didn't like it yeah and <laughs> it, from that point on it was like yeah. the veil had been lifted yeah yeah yeah. i remember i was listening to howard stern in the mid 90s and he was interviewing george clooney and i hadn't seen um the second schumacher mm-hmm. what was it called 
Batman and Robin. Batman and Robin. Yeah. And uh, I remember Sh- Clooney breaking. When you're doing PR on Stern, you want to promote the thing you're doing. And I think uh, Clooney was honest. He's like, I don't know why I did this movie. It's terrible. Like He was just fucking honest. Maybe this was an interview that he did much, much later. Yeah, I don't remember. Yeah. But he said, um, I, you know, he described all the problems with it. And then, you know, they interviewed uh, Schwarzenegger, and he's like, oh, my God. <clears throat> I've never walked on set and felt so overwhelmed. Like this is just the production's crazy. Oh yeah. And um, but nice to see you, even Arnold. I yeah the puns. But then even Arnold, who obviously is this, even as a sixteen-year-old, I knew like when Arnold talks about scripting, maybe you don't listen to everything mm. he's saying. I mean, I love him. Don't get me wrong. And I think that was enough for me as a kid to be like, maybe this isn't a good movie. Yeah. And I, I didn't even see it in the theaters. I don't think I. I, was, I, I think I got my driver's license. So I was busy. I think I stopped buying comics at that time because yeah. I was busy getting laid. Um, <laughs> you know how it is, yeah. comics people. You know when you turn sixteen. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I was eighteen. <laughs> Which I mean, frankly, is kind of late, right? <laughs> oh man, don't. Did I that mention out. that we're both like doing bicep <laughs> curls while we're talking about Please this? Please don't take this out. Please keep this. Oh, in. I'm keeping it in. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, that's when I started to realize that movies could be bad. I remember I rented the Sega game Last Action Hero, mm-hmm. and I'm like, this is terrible. I'm like, why would they make a bad game? Games can't be bad. And it was just bad. Yeah. I think that's when I started to get really skeptical about just everything. Yeah, yeah, no. Uh, my friend who I, we went, I saw that movie with, um, uh, his breaking point was um, Star Wars Episode One. He was yeah. he was very he was very positive about movies yep. until Star Wars Episode One and ever since then he's been the most cynical person I've ever met <laughs> as far as movies so go. Mad yeah, at Jar Jar. <laughs> yeah, except except he loved Justice League, which I still think is a joke. But anyway, that's neither here nor there. All right, so to the questions. Back to the Matrix. Fantasm. <laughs> Let me unplug from the Matrix here. Uh, yeah, so we asked you guys for some oh, man, questions. It's a glitch in the system. Yeah, I know. Uh, we asked you guys for some questions, if you had any, about Batman or the show in general. And much to our surprise, you had some. Yep. So, a lot of people asked, where can I listen to this podcast? Yes, yes. Um, <laughs> and if you're, do, if you're listening to this podcast now, I feel, like, you're here. I feel like you figured it out. You found the Matrix. Yeah. So uh, we got some from uh, Discord and Twitter. And so let's do a little rundown here. Um, I hope someone has a a name that you can't say on air. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm, sure, I'm looking forward to getting real awkward. Uh, this first one comes from Josh on Twitter, and it says, "Any pre-existing character you'd want as the Phantasm instead of Andrea, uh, with a bigger twist, Andrea or the Joker." Uh, I'm gonna. There's more, but I'm gonna cap it there so let's go let's go with the first part is there any pre-existing character you think would make the phantasm a better character if it was not andrea well i mean we all thought it was the joker in some capacity yeah the phantasm was animated like a man Mm -hmm. he just male proportions male voice yeah and then suddenly it was a lady at the end so i feel like it wasn't even fair because you were not going to guess it well based on the toy based on the toys a lady wearing like giant football pads yeah yeah actually makes a lot of sense actually Um, so if it wasn't her, and then I, I guess it would be the Joker, but that would suck because then you would have called it, and um, it would be just some hood or some uh, yeah. gangster or whatever. Yeah, that wouldn't have been as good, I guess. I and you know it's funny, for a long time, every time I thought about this movie, I thought that the Phantasm was Two Face, and the reason that I thought that I, that was because I was getting it mixed up with the, the episode, episode where he's the a judge. judge. Yep, yes. Jinx, <laughs> which is very similar. Yeah. Um. But yeah, a, a pre-existing character who 
mm-hmm. would be, make better sense as a phantasm. I don't know. Um, if, if it was Superman, that would be amazing. <laughs> I was jokingly going to say Lois Lane. But, uh, um, I think Andre Beaumont's voice actress does Lois Lane later, right? Uh, maybe. It's, it's, it's Dana Delaney. Yeah. Who is um, the the actress from the actress who plays the actress in Tombstone? Wyatt Earp's love interest in Tombstone. Wow. Yeah. Doing a full Val Kilmer. Oh yeah. Yeah. We can just talk about Tombstone for the rest <laughs> of the time. Um, I can't remember if she does. I'm too lazy to look it up. Yeah. But, uh, she probably does. We'll just go with that. And if we're wrong, we're sorry. Yeah. So for like, I don't know. Yeah. I. It's such a specific character. I think even the Joker would be kind of weird because it's yeah. like overly. Yeah. theatrical for the job I mean he even says that where he's like that's pretty theatrical even for me um, and it's so specific um, yeah Jesus uh, I think having her be her makes the most sense yeah I think having her be especially if she's not doing yeah. anything else yeah um, it's not Gordon it's not I mean there's only a handful of people it can be she's the best choice okay yeah. I will say if you want to completely make this a different story uh-huh. Robin so did he know Robin already Yes. Rob, this, is, this is like a Robin that's jaded and he's yeah. mad and he's left. I would say, yeah, this is... This is like a Red Hood. Um, kind of, yeah. Yeah. That kind of thing, yeah. Interesting. I would that's say that... a very different movie. That could be great. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think, yeah, I think you're right. I think it was called Beyond, Beyond Behind the Red Hood or whatever it was called. <laughs> um, let's see. <clears throat> With less smoke effects. We had one question from uh, 12 Dabs of Christmas. Uh <laughs> Which was, uh, this is going to be interesting with all these seasonal I know, this is the best part of the podcast. Yeah. Like, just tell me your Twitter handle. Uh, which, who asked what the Phantasm powers actually are and how they worked, which we, we already answered. You're right. No, know. you're right to ask that. We've kind of already talked about yeah. it. We're, um, we're with you on that. We have one from Robin D. Cross. <laughs> okay. Oh, yeah, he's, uh, I know him. Oh, you do? Okay. It says, since Sean's casting choices for White Knight have been a common question... What would both of you are casting choices for the Mask of the Phantasm live action adaptation? That's pretty good. Yeah. So these guys do, uh, there's like, there's like 10 or 12 of them to do the Batman podcast I did. I, the one oh. interview I did last year was with them because they were really energetic about the book. Oh, nice. They're super nice guys. He's one of them. Um, so what, who would we cast? So, so for, just to recap, if I had to cast White Knight, and you think about your answer for mm-hmm. this movie, mm-hmm. if I had to cast White Knight, you gave me all the power in the world, and I would actually cast Michael Keaton as Batman. I would say, bulk up a little bit. We use camera tricks. I know that you're have you seen, old and thin. Have but you seen that trailer for Captain Marvel where they've de-aged Samuel L. Jackson for like 15 years? Yeah. We won't do that, though. I think Michael Keaton can hold his own. <clears throat> all right. I think the, the geek, the, the Easter egginess of it, the geek factor, and his ability to act, because I think he's really great, would would destroy and i would cast um you know the regular tas actors as all the voice actors i would cast margot robbie as the voice of neo joker yep um yeah i think that pretty much does yeah. it so for for phantasm and andrea beaumont um i'm gonna say my i think my number one choice for batman right now john ham yeah and my number one choice for andrea beaumont is the redhead from uh, mad men Really? Are you just yeah. saying that because I said no, John Hamm? No, I no? know. This, okay. is, this is one of those things. <laughs> yeah. This is a glitch in the Matrix. Yeah, I think John Hamm is like beyond beyond perfect for Batman. I I think he's got the Bruce Wayne thing down, obviously. Obviously, yeah. He's, I think he's he knows how to be 
he knows how to be a funny straight man because mm-hmm. Bruce Wayne has a lot of humor to him, yeah, he but does. he's very much a straight man. Yeah. And I think he's right in the right age pocket where he's not too young and he's not too old. Right. John Hamm. This would be a slightly older Batman. I guess. I mean, it doesn't matter. Yeah, I mean, he's. I mean, yeah. between the ages of like thirty and fifty, if you're a man in Hollywood, you can play anything. Yeah. You know. You know. I guess for I like him as Bruce Wayne, but I don't know if I like him as Batman, which is crazy because he's just wearing a mask. Yeah. But yeah. I just I just feel like I need a brawler for Batman. Yeah. And I think Christian Bale was pretty good at so that. Good. Such a great casting choice. I didn't love the costume stuff. Like I like Batman to be more vague and less yeah. SWAT team me. Yeah. But I, I mean, he's so good. Yeah, Andrea Beaumont. Um, jeez. You know who I would choose for that? Um, shit. What the hell's her name? Uh, Jessica Chastain. I like her a lot. Who's that? She was I know the name. in. Look her up. <laughs> okay, I will. <laughs> Look off her Joker. Joker? Uh, oh, shit. I had a really good Joker a while ago. Oh, Matt Smith from Doctor That's Who. That's good. Yeah. I have uh, Loki as Joker. Ooh, he would be good. Yeah, that if would I be good. A... That would that might be a little bit too much of a lateral move. Yeah. Um, but you know what? The Josh Brolin's done DC and Marvel <clears throat> movies. A lot of people skip, skip back and forth. Yeah. Um, I also pick, have you ever seen Black Sails? I haven't, but I know it's it's very you you talk very highly of it. So there's a actor named Zach McGowan who played sort of the villain in Black Sails, and he's kind of got a really unusual face, but he's like a CrossFit kickboxer type guy. Mm-hmm. I think he would make an amazing Jack Napier, but he's not known enough to really do it. But I think Loki would be the the suits would love that. Yeah, so yeah. to speak. Yeah, I would go Matt Smith. I think he would be fantastic as the Joker. My yeah, right. my other less commercial choice who is probably I don't know he could probably still do it I, I mean I don't think he's that old uh, Crispin Glover I think he would be yeah. an absolutely fucking psychotic joker yeah. which might be a good thing might be a bad thing I don't yeah. know but he's yeah. weird enough that that would be pretty although honestly I'm kind of looking forward to uh, yeah. Joaquin Phoenix yeah it's the totally more- out of left field I don't love the face paint if I'm honest but I'm open to I, anything honestly. I have this like feeling that that face paint won't be the final face paint yeah i could be wrong but i mean he's yeah. got they've already got him in the orange and the purple suit so right. Right. i'm crossing my fingers on that keep one. in mind that warner brothers is the same company that put out phantasm didn't give it advertising and then blamed it for not selling yes yeah that's true the gigantic silly mistakes can still be made at all levels that's what we're saying yes all right next question uh we've got one from jt which is, uh, he's got two. I'm going to go with the second one here. Did the movie inspire you to add something new to your toolbox repertoire repertoire or style? Style, repertoire. So the Mask of the Phantasm inspire us to, to affect our, our art yeah. in some way. Yeah, yeah. I guess, yeah. Um, I can answer more easily. So, yeah, I mean, I was going to have this scene that had Andre Beaumont. So I was going to do a literal Easter egg mm-hmm. for the movie. Um, I think the idea of Bruce starting out with like a sweater and a black a wool cap and a hammer is kind of in line with my the universe I created. Yeah. What about you? Did it change anything you've done? Not really. Um, I didn't, like I said earlier, I didn't have as much of a connection to this at the time yeah. as, as I came to appreciate it later. But right. I will say that the show itself, mm-hmm. Batman the Animated Series, had a big impact on me. I mean, that's why we're doing the show. Right. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's, <laughs> that the look of that, the show and, you know, con- eventually the movie right. um really 
did inform a yeah. lot of my uh, sensibility as far as like lighting and you know different ways you could shoot Batman and yeah yeah you know even even graphic the graphic depictions and cartooniness and kind of blending those and I think it mm-hmm. yeah I think definitely it has an impact on me yeah now. yeah yeah I agree um, this one's from Daniel Risk if Batman the animated series got a reboot what should the demands be original animation style as much original cast as possible. The involvement of Deanie, Tim, etc., or should it not be touched? This kind of thing keeps me up at night. I'm going to say if it has to be rebooted, I'm going to say yes to all of those if you, things. If you can get them, great. Yeah. I mean, yeah. personally, I think I would rather they do something else. Because, like, yeah. uh, let's put it this way. They apparently tried to go back to this style with that Batman and Harley Quinn oh movie. Oh, my God, yeah. Which... yeah. Let's just say I don't think it worked. Um, Being a Warner Brothers employee, I will agree. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, the, the the voice actress for Harley, I don't know who she is. I think it could work. She was a, you know, sassy Brooklyn accent, mm-hmm. whatever. Like, I get it. And yeah. I, I would have hired her, too. But, you know, heart of hearts. Like, I'd love Harley and Sorkin to come back, of course. Yeah. I'd love all those people to come back. But, you know, now you're getting into, like, the practicality of re-signing talent who might not be interested and you know it's a total nerd fanboy fantasy to be able to pull everybody back together but you know some of the people from the original series have passed on yeah. some of them aren't mm-hmm. interested kevin conroy i think has retired or quit batman like six times oh time. mark hamill too yeah. everything he every time he does a new joker it's the last yeah, one he's ever yeah. gonna do. like i love to think <clears> that <throat> you could hand them a script so compelling that they would all love to get back in the room together but let's be honest we know the world's complicated and sometimes it's not easy to pull off you know i think before uh it becomes too late to do this mm-hmm. someone should get kevin conroy and mark hamill and do like it doesn't have to be like a, lo- a big budget thing let them play, if not Batman, Bruce Wayne and the Joker on film live action, hmm. just to do it. Hmm. I don't. I don't necessarily. I don't think Mark <laughs> Hamill is a great looking Joker. I don't think he's got the face for it. I, I don't think it. Kevin yeah. Conroy really has the build for Batman. But I would just love to see those two play mm-hmm. those characters yeah. at each other in yeah. a scene in a live action setting. There's, there's, there's got to be something on YouTube or some convention. I don't know. I'm active, talking, I mean, right? yeah, you can sit them at a table and, you know, watch them say the line. No, I'm talking like, just take however much money these people spend on these web episodes, oh, I got it. I got fan it. videos and stuff. So they're playing um, a video game and you have a, a camera in front of them and they're fighting each other with different characters. So they're playing Arkham Asylum. Mm-hmm. You know, Mark Hamill is playing Joker and uh, Conroy's playing Batman and they're yelling at each other in in character and that's, that's pretty good <laughs> that's so stupid that's pretty good that's <laughs> so dumb uh, yeah so I would say I would prefer them to do something else. you know I, the thing that I always find interesting too is I, I remember at the time thinking that they moved they changed animation styles too quickly with the show mm-hmm. because I loved it so much then they redesigned everything which felt like it felt like very quickly I yeah. mean it was only a couple years in and uh, or one or two years in, and they redesigned all the characters, and then right. after that, it was just done. Well, did, wait, did you watch this Saturday morning cartoons, or did you watch this after school? I watched it Saturday morning. Yeah. See, I watched it after school, so I'm getting I'm getting it out of order. So yeah. I had no idea that there was a gap between seasons one, two, three, and then season four. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, I I I, I always thought it was such a it was a very it was a shock to me 
when they went from the original style to the redesigned style, and yeah. then they went to they just stopped making them, and then it just turned into Justice League, yeah. and then the next Batman show was a completely different style and then it's the, every time they do a new show they revamp i mean i guess you have to do that to keep it fresh but yeah yeah you know i i always think that they it always yeah. feels like it moves too fast well but. you know they caught lightning in a bottle yeah for this i mean that's basically what we're saying with this entire podcast even the phantasm is they caught lightning in a bottle and we know that it's really hard to recapture that you know yeah yeah uh, next one we kind of um, already talked about. It's uh, Sean has. It's from Good Style. Sean has a clear and deep appreciation for the animated series. Given that, is there a possibility of him one day incorporating Phantasm into his universe? This says one day. One day. So yeah. I mean, we well, mentioned I gonna, that. It's, I was gonna do an Easter egg, but Clay shut it down. <laughs> Being my uh, script uh, helper out or mm-hmm. guru, whatever. Yeah. So it's it's my fault. But blame Clay. <laughs> would you have you thought about? keeping that in your back pocket for the future mm, no i have thought about incorporating batman beyond yeah but not interesting but I, I i hear you like no one draws phantasm yeah there is a great <clears throat> phantasm re re reboot some capacity i haven't thought about it but i'm sure i could cook one up yeah but I, I don't know what kind of bandwidth i have hmm. <clears throat> We've got one from Joe that says, will there be any talk of sweatpants specifically involving werewolves? <laughs> By the way, love the show. Oh, fuck you, Joe. I'm not really sure what that's about. Joe's so a friend of that. ours. We know Joe very well. <laughs> uh, Thomas Wayne Jr. asks, um, <laughs> what would it take to get you, Sean, to make a Gotham Vehicles art book, or at least maybe just prints, your original Batmo- Batmobile design and monster truck, and the others he used from the different, and the others you have used from different universes. Um, what would it take me to do that? Um, money. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and, you know, honestly, a book like that, like I would love a book like that, but I don't know who would buy it because yeah. you know. Well, they made that whole series of. Remember Punisher Armory? That was just twenty-two <laughs> pages of gun drawings. Was it a periodical, like twenty-two pages? Yeah, it was. So like, it was a floppy. It wasn't like a hardbound. No, it was a floppy. Yeah, I, I had though I. I loved those books. So it was like a issue zero or like a strike file, like Young Blood strike file. Yeah, but there was like eight yeah. issues of just technical drawings of guns. But I mean, no, don't get me wrong. I love technical drawing, yeah. but I feel like I'm the only one in comics who likes drawing technical stuff right yeah. now. Unless you're like a Japanese artist, the, yeah. the, those guys love it. So if you if you had the opportunity, would you want to do it, or do you think do you think you've scratched <laughs> do you think you've scratched that itch drawing them in? in the book you're drawing now i i would do it but i would i would be curious to get like a actual car designer from honda to help me yeah like let's talk let's make it more than just me geeking out about tech let's get like an actual you know person that designs these things and he can tell me why it will or he or she can tell me why it will or won't work team up with what's uh scott robertson the concept designer is he the guy that works with sid mead uh maybe He's, he's big in the concept design world right now. Those guys all know each other. Yeah. Those guys and girls. <laughs> uh, Ian Driscoll asks, do you think that Batman in his world works better as a separate entity to the rest of the DC universe? Hard yes. Yeah. I think yes, but I don't think, I don't think they're mutually exclusive. I yeah. think that Batman, I think Batman works in the DC universe, but right. I agree. I, I prefer Batman... If you're telling a Batman story, I don't think Superman yeah. needs to be there. Or he doesn't yeah. need to be. Because then you, it just answers too many questions. Yeah. It's like, you know, you've got shit going on. It's like, well. Why didn't Superman just fly in? Yeah, where's everybody? Green Lantern? I know. You know? And, but, yeah. I mean, that's com- That's all comics. That's all TV. Yeah. That's everything. But, I yeah. mean, 
Batman is so he's fairly unique in the universe he's in because all the other heroes are just like so overly powered and they got like laser blasts and they're basically gods and Batman's just his superpower is money you know know, yeah in a way like Batman's uh, the Marvel character who somehow ended yeah. up in DC. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, not he's a god, mm-hmm. and he's the best. I think he's the best, best character from my favorite anyway. The best universe. Um, so when I started to do Curse of the White Knight, my editor was like, um, you know what Frank Miller did was he added Superman, Green Green Lantern, Green Arrow, whatever. And I was like, yeah, I know, and that might be like the marketing move, and I see why you're pressing me, but. I don't know a lot about that stuff. I don't know if I'm the guy to write that that shit. Yeah. Uh, and I respect it for what it is, but <clears throat> I feel like I want to just create Gotham as an island. Like, yes, you know there's a real world outside of Gotham, but in a way, it's like this secluded <clears throat> island. And I think that it's more interesting if you sort of cut off communication in a way. Like, yeah. you don't address how Gotham fits into the real world. I don't want to see a map where it is. Right. I don't want to talk about New York City. I mean, I, I had references to... Um, you know world war ii and nazis i even hesitated to do that right because then gotham's tied into actual history right um i ended up going with it anyway but i i don't want superman in my world i mean dc calls it the murphy verse um but and now that the all the issues have come out sorry another tangent um in hindsight i love it i'm looking i'm looking at it (laughs) and i'm saying no i i think i've created just a batman a pulpy batman universe and i think that's what I should stick with. Yeah. So even when it came to create, uh, choosing a villain for the sequel, I chose Azrael because he's just Gotham centered. You don't need to address Superman or Wonder Woman. Right. Like I have world's finest stories that I'd like to do, but it won't be in the white Knight universe. Yeah. That makes sense. I don't know anyone who's just doing Batman stories. That's not connected to other universe or sorry, other superhero shit, you know? Yeah. I, I know, uh, um, I've, I think I've mentioned this before, but uh, the, one of the things that drove me insane in the Batman versus Superman movie yeah. was that Gotham and Metropolis, you could like see <laughs> like them. A river it was like New York and New Jersey. I was like, ugh. Yeah. It just, it's too close, you know? Yeah, yeah. Anytime it's a bank robbery, like Superman could obviously take care of both yeah. cities if they're like, that close. I, I would like to believe that all of the other superheroes have never been to Gotham City. Yeah. You know, like it's it's somewhere right. where it's like, yeah. oh, I've been, you know, I've actually never been to Gotham. I fear, I hear right. Gotham's a pretty tough town. And Batman's like, you're right, it yeah. is. <laughs> well, my, my one thought I had, because I was debating bringing in Superman, was uh, maybe Batman made every other superhero promise not to interfere with Gotham. Ooh, like yeah, they, okay. they thought, like, you know what? I'm going to swoop in. I'm going to stop, you know, Neo-Joker from, you know, using the ice gun or whatever. And Batman was like, fuck you. This yeah. is my playground. Yeah. Leave me alone. So they left Gotham to him, and that's why they allow him, you know. But I don't know how how much legs, if that has legs, that idea. Yeah, know? yeah. Part of, me, part of me likes to think that Gotham's criminals are just a different breed yeah. so if you've got someone who's like more optimistic who's, yeah. who might have more power like green lantern the like green lantern shows up in gotham and it's just like i had no idea it was like this <laughs> so i just depressing. i can't i can't deal with this <laughs> yeah <laughs> serial killers wearing face paint and pig masks I, it's it's too much um this one comes from tony so guessing hey tony hey hey, hey i'm sure he appreciates this <laughs> Tony says, uh, where do you guys fall on the Justice League cartoons? Like them? Love them? Any favorite Bat moments or episodes from there? 
I'm thinking Justice League universe epilogue or when he puts on his charm and seduces Cheetah and uses her as a pawn to get out of Luther and Joker's clutches. Um, mm-hmm. I didn't really watch Justice League. Uh, I have. Yeah. I have friends uh, who love it. Like yeah. my, I have friends who watch Justice League and they absolutely love it. And I yeah. have dipped into it. Yeah. And I'm very impressed at how deep they go. It's great, but it's yeah. a different Batman. Yeah. he's. I don't love the design. I, it's no. like it's me too <laughs> it's more it's i feel like the per I, as much as i love the original design i think the revamped first revamped batman mm-hmm. is like perfect yeah and when they brought him to justice league they made everybody kind of look the same mm-hmm. so his shoulders are a little wider his waist's a little thinner his ears are a little taller <laughs> too long and yeah. it's just it's I just like not it doesn't quite do it for me <laughs> it does, my friend dustin Wynn, who draws a lot of batman he always says his critique He'll retweet like uh, Kelly Jones or a lot of uh, two or three artists who are able to pull off yeah. long ears on yeah. Batman. It's tough. Yeah, I've been I've been chasing that dragon my whole life. <laughs> why do you want why your long ears? Because I because that's what I grew up with. The bat the Burton ear, ears are long. Are, those, are they really long? They're ones? not super long, but they're like they're longer than you know. Than, than I I would say. I'm lo- right I'm, now, Clay's looking around yeah, at all his action I'm figures. looking at all my toys to compare <laughs> ear lengths. Can I w- put a photo up of. of oh yeah, your, yeah. Uh, I, I'll put a photo up of, of all. So of them. okay, you have the Mignola. Gotham by Gaslight. Gotham by Gaslight. Those are pretty long. Those are really long. Yeah. <laughs> the animated series is kind of like middle. Yeah. Mid length. But the Frank Miller um, animated series yep. action figure very short. Yeah. And uh, yeah, the the Burton one is. Decently long. So that's Burton right there, yeah, right? Yeah, So that's not as long as the Mignola action figure. Yeah. And I don't, unfortunately, I don't have a Kelly Jones action figure, but I should get one. I love the Kelly Jones Batman. Kelly Jones is amazing. Yeah. yeah. His, his Batman shouldn't work, but it does. It doesn't. That's the, that's the perfect kind of, like, it can only work in a comic. It's, it's all ears and cape. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, ha- that's and, what's so great. Hands. He embraces what comics, what comics can do that no other media can do. Yeah. Medium. Yeah. Um, but yeah, did, did you watch Justice League at all? Uh, so I've seen the marquee Batman episodes, the one where he sings, <laughs> um, the one where Batman clones uh, Terry McGinnis. Uh, so there's Justice League and Justice League Unlimited, and I, I've sort of skipped around. I actually do need to watch them uh, in a row because I was debating writing some, um, you know, Batman stuff that included other characters and I don't want to have to pour through a bunch of comics so I was just going <laughs> to I mean my Batman is basically based on animated series right if I'm going to put as minimal effort as possible into writing JLA I might as well just watch the damn That's cartoon <laughs> and not have to read any comics <laughs> yeah it's not because you like it it's just because it's like it was just easier for me just to watch TV I don't know how I've ended up doing as well as I have <laughs> I don't deserve this um, you know, I Next actually, question. I was thinking about it today, though. Um, I don't think we're ever going to do Superman, because I don't know. I didn't. I, I watched the Superman cartoon, but I didn't watch it as much as I watched Batman. I don't yeah. know if you ever watched it. But I, I think it would be worth doing the, they did a, a TV two-parter. Oh, yeah. There was a crossover of Batman and Superman. Oh, I've which, seen that. Yeah. I had I think, VHS. I think that would Please. be worth. Yeah, of course. <laughs> I think that would be worth doing at some point. Yeah, Maybe, that uh, and uh, the Mr. Freeze one. Yep, Sub-Zero. And there's one with Batwoman. Yeah. That sucked. Yeah. I mean, we can do it for completion's if, sake. If but. we're bored. But we should do Batman Beyond before that. Yes. You know, it's funny. I, we didn't talk about this during the body of the show, but I, I did want to bring it up just because it was fresh in my mind. I was watching another more recent one on Netflix last night called Batman Bad Blood. 
And it's... I don't know. I don't love the movies they've been doing, the animated ones they've been doing lately. But the thing that really stood out to me, because I was watching that, and then I watched the rest of uh, Phantasm right after it, is Bad Blood, the more modern stuff, they're going more, like, adult. Mm -hmm. But they're going more adult in kind of a cheap, edgy way. Whereas Phantasm, we were saying, feels more adult than the cartoon, like the, the, the episodic show. Right. But it's not like... There's not over, you know. There's not a ton of profanity. There's not any blood, right. but it feels more adult yeah. oriented. Yeah. And I, f- it, it's just, it's a weird disconnect where it's like the new ones feel like they're trying to go adult with more shock value, where it's mm-hmm. like it's a more violent. They're swearing. Yeah. Uh, there's more sex, and it's like I don't know if I want that. Yeah. I don't know who that's for really, and maybe I'm just too old. I don't know. No, uh, I don't know. It's a good question. Yeah. I mean, how violent do people want Batman? Yeah, I mean, if you're a, if you're a suit, one way to drive up ratings is to show more blood. Yeah, I mean, I get the impulse, but like, what does it really do at the end of the day? You know? Yeah, and like, I mean, that that live action uh, Titans show, the first trailer came out that had Robin oh. killing people. Yeah, and then says "fuck Batman." Yeah, I've I've heard the show's pretty good. I haven't watched it, but I watched that trailer and I was instantly turned off by it. But, I haven't watched it. Yeah, you know, maybe we'll save that I, for no, the show. I, I walked out of um, JLA and Batman versus Superman. Oh yeah, I, I didn't see JLA. I I walked out of Batman Superman. Yeah, I was trying. I was like, all right, um, open to new interpretations, but and I really wanted to see the new Batmobile. And the Batmobile came out, and they didn't have clear shot of what it even looked like yeah and all that design it's all shadowy it's moving too quickly it's cgi and i'm like i, I can't do this yeah and yeah. as a employee of dc I, I shouldn't say that but fuck it like <laughs> <laughs> i think we've covered this already at okay, some yeah. point so i think you're just <laughs> digging a deeper grave at this point yep uh and our last question we have is from uh wes i don't know who wes is but yeah some guy who likes star trek probably. uh he says not sure if you already mentioned it during the show since you watched the show years ago and have gotten older, what's one thing about the show during this rewatch that improved for you and one thing that let you down? In other words, now that you're older, what holds up and what doesn't? That's a good that's a good West question. Yeah. Yeah. West knows what he's doing. So about Phantasm now, not just about Batman. I th- I think it's about the series in general. So it could be Phantasm, it could be the series. Yeah. You take your pick. Uh as an adult looking back, the thing that I appreciate is the voice actors, the soundtrack, and the fact that they pulled off a very stylized show in the early 90s where they didn't normally, like He-Man and uh, Thundercats, like they had a look to them, but they were generally referenced from what people actually look like. Yep. Batman has a 40, like a 90 degree angle job. Yep. Like it's very stylized. Um, and that was at the time very risky and they did it. And that, that's amazing, you know, like knowing what I know about the suits and how they make decisions. Like, I can't believe this ever got approved. Yeah. I love it that they did, you know. Yeah. Um, how about you? Um, I have been really surprised at how, again, how adult some of the storylines have been. Uh, specifically, the episode where he loses his memory and becomes a homeless guy. Like, I remember at the time, I was saying the fact that they, A, talk about homeless people and, like, drug addicts yeah. as actual, yeah, yeah. as they are in real life, other as a, instead of just, you know, yeah. the comic book or, you know, cartoon equivalent, I did not remember that at all. And I think right. it's, I think it goes a long way to um, show that the, these shows that really last are the ones that, while they are kid shows, 
the people who are making them aren't making them for kids. Right. You know, that like The Simpsons. I love The Simpsons. The Simpsons holds up because there's so much stuff in there that kids don't fucking get. Yeah. And I'm not saying like, you know, wink, wink, like sex jokes or whatever. Yeah. The Simpsons is a quote unquote like kids show. Maybe, I mean, you could probably argue that, but yeah. But like, they're making Citizen Kane references, right? You know, it's a cartoon that's making mo- yeah. like references to the Music Man yeah. and stuff that kids pe- shouldn't get. Yeah, yeah. And, and when you do yeah. get it, and even if you don't get it, it's still funny because they package yeah. it in a way where it works. It works on two layers. Yeah. yeah, and I think this show. I mean, it's it was for me. Look, my retrospective right now is I loved it as a kid. Because it was Batman and it was, you know, it was comic books on TV. Mm-hmm. And looking at it again now, I love it because it is, they're taking a lot of chance design-wise. Mm-hmm. The music is excellent, like you said. It's mm-hmm. got, I mean, find me another cartoon that yeah. has such a wide range of music right. done so well across all these episodes. Like, they hardly ever reuse music. Yeah, It's all new stuff. Mm-hmm. It's all great. Yeah. Um, yeah, the stories they're telling. It's just right. it's just a much more well crafted show than I think I really understood as a yeah, kid. Yeah, yeah. Um for me the thing that does not hold up is specifically the Joker episodes. Mm-hmm. I walked away from this series thinking, Oh, Joker's a marquee character, his episodes are awesome, Joker's awesome. But as we went back and reviewed the Joker episodes, um, at least in the order that Amazon puts them in we didn't get a good Joker episode till the fourth Joker episode. Yeah. Like they didn't know what to do with them. I didn't really realize until now as an adult looking back how badly they handled the Joker. Yeah. Uh, yeah. For whatever reason. And I, I, I'll bet you there's a lot of interference happening that, you know, maybe until they got to do the Joker episode they wanted to do. Mm. And I think the first really great Joker episode that we saw was the one where he was chasing down that guy yep. who ran him off the road. Yep. And he was just some guy. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> Yeah, and I think um, the Joker is where I f- it feels the most like a kid's show. Yeah. Because the Joker is overly silly. Um, yeah. Yeah, he doesn't hold up for me. And I think a lot of the... Um, you can really see the cracks in where they put their effort as far as uh, defining villains. Yeah. Um, like, there there were a few, like, we, we constantly were harping on the Scarecrow. Yeah. Because the first appearance of the Scarecrow, he's just like kind of ill-defined and doesn't really you know he's just a guy with henchmen with a silly backstory right until they figured him out and they're like all right yeah. scrap that we're gonna really kind of refine this <clears throat> um yeah yeah i think the stuff that doesn't hold up is the stuff where they don't take a more refined approach to depicting the characters like they do with clayface or yeah. you know two-face or yeah. mr freeze there's stuff that they did that's like it's a kid's show let's just do stupid kid shit yeah that's where it fails when they go, it's a kid show, but let's yeah. make it let's make it for adults. I also, I appreciate Alfred a lot more now because he is a dick. <laughs> and in this movie, he's a dick in the movie too. He, he he's very consistent. He constantly interrupts him as they're about to do it. Yeah, he's always like, Who, is, "Does anybody want some soda?" Ooh, 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 excuse sorry. Me. Yes. <laughs> Even years later, when they finally hook up. Yeah. That's right. It had like a ton of sexual innuendos in this movie too. And it, but it wasn't like it wasn't explicit. You know, it was like they did the old. I always think yeah. it's funny when they do the the kind of the fourth wall breaking thing where people start to kind of make out and the camera's like, well, I don't want to show this. So <laughs> the camera goes up and wanders off yeah. towards his dead parents. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who are just really staring. 
A good old Catholic Wayne guilt. Yeah. Um, <laughs> to kind of piggyback off this, I, I missed one of the questions uh, from, from Hoogs. And it says, how do you think Mask of the Phantasm directly influenced animated movies after its release? I think that's kind of tough to answer specifically to movies. Yeah. But I will say, I think the show definitely influenced sh- animated shows afterwards. Yeah. Because I, I think Batman on things become a lot more stylized. Because um, you've got, around yeah. this time, you've got the X-Men cartoon. We talked, we've talked about the X-Men cartoon, why it doesn't really work, because they're trying too hard to <laughs> mimic the show, the, the comic books. Yeah. And in Batman, they're yeah. really going back to the old, traditional kind of animation, where it's mm-hmm. very graphic, very um, design-oriented. And right. I think that really continues to this day. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, for me, to, an- to answer this question is... Um, what was its influence on modern interpretations of Batman? Mm-hmm. And I think that it's not necessarily always visual, but I agree with everything you said. I think it's just that here's the high watermark where we should compare ourselves to. If you're going to do a Batman cartoon, you need to compare it to this. It's um, the thing to beat. And no one's ever beat it as far as I'm concerned. Um, I think it just shows that Batman can be taken seriously and can it can be for adults and for kids and I think that's for me the, the, the lasting impression that it has is that that kind of influence you know what I mean <clears throat> yeah no I would absolutely agree with that um, yeah yeah I think that's a good place to end too we've talked yeah. we've talked for a very long time about this. <laughs> uh, so yeah so I hope you guys enjoyed this um, I'm I would say the next thing we're probably gonna do is jump into season two i guess yeah hopefully in the next in the next year and i think oh we'll do it before that yeah i think we haven't discussed this but i'm thinking going forward about not doing it all released at one time oh yeah because i feel like when you do that it puts it all out there yep but i also think that it it falls off the radar a little bit sooner Huh, okay. So if you've got if yeah. you've got them coming out in fairly re- uh, regular intervals, right? Then it has something to look forward to instead yeah. of you get a big push at the beginning and kind also, of dip off. You know, I, I mean, we we decided to go with the Netflix model, which is dump it all at once, yeah. basically. And I think we're still people are still discovering it. So yeah. we, we haven't yeah. waited till it's all set, dust is settled yet. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm happy to do it whichever way you prefer. I do have one bonus question for you. Yeah. Um, this is some insider baseball, and uh, it's self-serving because it's something that I'm thinking about right now. Mm-hmm. So I just got an invitation to go to uh, France to do a, a signing tour. Mm-hmm. Um, and the guest is me, Frank Miller, and Paul Dini. Yes, I will come. <laughs> All right. Podcast over. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, I love both those guys. I've met Frank. I've never met Paul Dini. Mm-hmm. And uh, the idea of going to France to do these shows, and you really do get a lot of like intimate FaceTime with whoever you're with. Yeah. You're traveling, no one speaks English except for you, right, so right. You, have, you have a lot of time to get to know somebody. So like being next to Paul Dini for like five days straight sounds great. I don't know how he is or who he is, or if he would just be exhausted and go back to his hotel. Who right, knows? right. Um, but I'm also, you know, DC wants Curse of the White Knight to be done. Uh, me going out there, I'm losing money. My wife doesn't want me to do that. So if you were me, if yeah. you could go uh, 
And of course, it's it's amazing to be invited for this sort of thing for them to pay for your plane ticket. Like all that aside, yeah. But be honest, like, do you think it would be a good idea to delay that just to go to France to chew Paul Dini's ear off for five days straight? <laughs> Not um, knowing how he'd react. Because if I unload on him, he'd be like, dude, you changed my life. Like, if I do that on the first night, if I've had too many glasses of wine, it could be really bad for the rest of it. <laughs> well, I mean, if you plan on getting it on, on if you can plan on recording it so we can put it out as a podcast episode, I would say absolutely. <laughs> so you're going to come and bring two microphones? <laughs> yeah. No, we'll each get a flower that we wear, and each one will have a microphone in it. Exactly. Uh, no, I, you know, I would say me personally – I feel like that's hard to pass up, uh, and I would cite previously on the show, you have said that you are done working with writers, but if you were ever to work with another writer, you would want to work with Paul Dini. Right. So, uh, damn it. I'm going to say, I should go. here's your opportunity to make that happen. Yeah. Here's my worry, though. Uh, from what I understand, maybe... Uh, he maybe he's an introvert. Mm -hmm. I am. You know how I can come across sometimes. I'm Do super I? hard. <laughs> like those guys on Wall Street who fucked the whole economy over because they were too competitive. Mm -hmm. That's me. Like I am that personality. <laughs> like you don't want to give me that kind of power. Blame your blame your your debt on Sean. Everyone. <laughs> like I'm just too. I'm not, It's just I'm self destructive. And if I, I get in the bar with him five nights in a row, I'm just gonna be like filtering myself like. Don't tell me you love his stuff. Don't tell me you love Grey Ghost. Like, I have this podcast that I do with my friend. <laughs> I know. And my wife would be there, like, squeezing my knee. And I'm like, I'm like, fuck it. I'm Paul D. Like, I'm going to He's like, yeah, you told me the last four nights, mm -hmm. asshole. Mm -hmm. That's mm -hmm. what I'm worried about. <laughs> well, I mean, I, 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 I have faith in your business acumen. Let's put it that way. My wife doesn't. <laughs> okay. I'm just, I'm just saying, if you want to put the extra effort in, if you want to put the extra effort in not to do that, it's possible. Uh, <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, to be continued. We'll yeah. see what happens. Yeah. And, you know, if we get him on the podcast, that's just a plus. You know? I think this kind of tanked that proposition. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Once this comes out, you're disinvited. I yeah. think that's, that's understood. Much. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, but yeah, anyway, thank you guys so much for listening. Thanks for all your feedback. Thanks for all your questions. And uh, yeah, we will be back probably sometime in the new year with uh, season two of Batman the Animated Series. So thanks a lot, guys. We'll talk to you soon.